PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespodiso. Previously on Cinema Crespodiso. Welcome to Cinema Crespodiso. This is our first of hopefully many, many episodes. I'm your host. Okay, yes. it's got the crazy old man from uh, the grandpa from Little, Little Miss Sunshine, Sunshine. Alan Arkin. Yep. Alan Arkin. It's, it's, it's got a uh, old Al, Al Pacino old and Chris Walken. What, what else do you need? That Fuck motherfucker. That, guy. that motherfucker. That motherfucker. I only listen to his podcast when he has comedians in. Anybody who watches Mr. Q and can prove to me that they have watched it, I'll send him a free t-shirt. You're not doing anything better with your time except running your restaurant out of the Florida Mall kiosk. Yep. I mean, I don't Straight care. Bush. I'll, oh. I'll drink a Miller High Life. The first, the the Purge. Thank the you. The very first movie. Thank okay. you. The Purge: colon, The <laughs> yeah. very first movie. That's a new title. Is my favorite. Just because rash, we're hunting vampires so. on the moon is yeah. moon vampires. But can so you, is there a human? <laughs> is, the, is is there a human base on the moon? What yes. do they eat? Nothing lives there. They, they eat the humans on the sunny side. Okay. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen, Listen to, to shit. shit. Welcome to Cinema Crespo Tiso. Oh, that's still really loud. I tried. That is still very loud. You failed, but you did try. It was going to be even louder before, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Cinema Crespadiso. I'm your host, Chris Crespel, showing in the Crespadiso studio with Drew Stacogmer and Drew. What up, dude? And Steve Etchie. Steve. Oh, my God. Everybody's surprised. (laughs) No. No, they're not. (laughs) At at this point in time, nobody's surprised, Steve. (laughs) Who needs surprise anymore? Surprise is so 2018. It's 2019. Now it's about the rote and predictable. Yes. That's what I'm all about. This is the surprise-free zone. Life has enough surprises. People come to us for Australian Santa, mm-hmm. uh, Optimus Prime. I'm working on a new bit called uh, Optimus Prime Works on Impressions. Bane. You want to hear? Oh, Bane. Yes, I haven't done Bane. I need a Baneomizer. I haven't lots, done Bane in a while. But I am working on a bit called uh, Optimus Prime Does Impressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, uh, be like, how would it Sam the Twinkie, would you like to hear my impression of Christopher Walken? No. Then, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need an yeah. iconic. Okay. This gold watch. I've hit this gold watch in my ass, Sandwich Wiki, for so long. The joke is that he's, yeah. he's terrible. His impressions are terrible. Exactly. All, all, all he, he does, does is say lines of. In his own voice, yeah. <laughs> That's something I'm working on these days. I'm you know, like working it. very hard yes. at it. Yeah. I'm refining it. I'm just letting people in on the process so you can see how the mind is. People love the process. Over. As long as, you know what, I'm process. easy to please. All you have to do is say Sam Woodwicky. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> Um, Optimus is in the Bumblebee movie. He's in, yeah. the, he's in the beginning scene at Cybertron. And then he has like a... Uh, uh, Princess Leia R2-D2 style like hologram yeah. <laughs> message. Uh-huh. That's really oh, that's awesome. And then at the end, yeah. too. He shows at the very, 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 very end. Yes, at the very end. I like how 
it's not really spoilers, but the detail from the Bumblebee movie, how it opens with the Cybertron battle. Yeah. And then you see Optimus, like, uh, he goes off and does his thing in some precarious whatever, and then Bumblebee gets the way he goes to Earth, and that's how the movie starts. And then, like, an hour and 15 minutes later, you get a flashback to Cybertron, and then you see what happens to Optimus when he does the jump, and then yeah. you're, you're like, what? <laughs> what the hell? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun, man. That Bumblebee movie is fun. Um, anyway. We're not here to talk about Bumblebee. We already did that. We've listened to episode whatever. Been did, been done. Let's get into the plugs right away. Uh, Steve. Yes. Uh, we need to talk about how we are sponsors as PFT Media. Yes. Of uh, Volusia Beer Week, which is coming up here. That's right. Yeah. It starts on the 1st. Already? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm right unfortunately, I got all excited about it before realizing someone's, I'm not going to be here. Someone's going to be in China. Yeah. 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 Mm. Could have got all the free passes you wanted, buddy. But yeah. nope, you'll be in China. That's fine. You can let us know what it's like with beers like in China. All this drink, all the Zing Tao they got. Um, That's what I was thinking. I don't know if they have much of a like what's what their beer market is like. Their, oh no, they have. It, it, what's their beer culture? I mean, they must. D- depending on where you're going in China, I mean, you might as well be in America. They have an explosive uh, middle they, class exactly. right now. That's so. And with with the middle class comes the luxury of being able to indulge in different. Uh, craft industries like that. Yeah, so they may have yeah, a they pretty do. sweet. I uh, like the idea of that. Well, you, even if it's a common one, like the Budweiser of China, basically. Oh, yeah. I think that's Sing Tao, isn't yeah, it? I'm pretty sure that's Sing Tao. Sing Tao. T S I N G A T A O. Okay. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find it all over the uh, the Wingjiao province of Shenzhi. <laughs> it's very drinkable. It's very drinkable. It is, yeah, it's just a lager. Yeah. Is that what a lager is? This is the state of the beer union for the facts, people. That's what. <laughs> That's not us. We, Steve produces that with Ed Irvin. I was about to say <laughs> Leslie Joe. We we really don't talk about facts here so much. Not beer facts anyway. Until we get Tom the beer guy in, which spoiler alert for people paying attention, it's that time of year. We'll have Tom in next week for our sixth anniversary show, brought yeah, to you by Orange nice. Blossom Pilsner. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Make sure you come here for that, Steve. Yes. That's yeah. when Tom brings the goods. Oh yeah, he does. One year he brought us a a keg of what he called still young um uh, still young yeah it was still young yeah. uh was it vice vice baby yeah. it yes was, it was right when that was starting it was right when it was starting and he was like uh this beer is best served first like you want to break it out at 21 days this one's at 17 so it's still young i apologize we're like oh it's a young beer <laughs> oh man this drink, <laughs> it's this, still delicious this drink is a veal of a beer and uh oh man yeah, well and that was my good. favorite one by the way. It's so good, uh, uh, but it wasn't the highest seller. Plus, no, it wasn't. No. The, the, well, it's also seasonal. And it's seasonal, which made it then, uh, what happened at the end of the last season, they found themselves with a few too many barrels left over. And it's Tom's favorite. It's a delicious beer, Vice Vice yeah. Baby. It's so good. Um, you know, you never know. He may bring these. Uh, breweries always bring back old recipes down the line yeah. anyway. Um, so we're going to have Tom next week, and we'll be talking about beer. Done. So speaking of beer, Volusia Beer Week for people who are into beer. You're here in town, you local yokels. You can get a ticket to the Deland Beer Fest. Right, that's that Friday, mm-hmm. and at that thing, the stats are crazy, Drew. It's something like 400 breweries, and I don't know how many. And it's all for like charity. Yeah. Right. I really need to do more research into this before I start promoting it. Like, as <laughs> sponsors. But, I know. mean, as as far as you know, all this money goes to the Hell's Angels. It goes to the charity of the Hell's Angels. You know, which everyone knows, Hell's Angels is an acronym which stands for helping everyone live long and uh, not good, exceptional lives. 
I like how that ended. That's that's the that's the acronym for Hell's that's Angels. The, that's the charity of Hell's Angels. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the uh, the Land Beer Festival, finally, it's like four hundred breweries, uh, so different beers or yeah. so many different breweries. I don't know. A hundred breweries, four hundred beers, four hundred beers, rare yeah. and vintage beers, cask beers, over fifty Florida breweries, and three homebrew clubs from wild. all across Central Florida. That's wild. And the ticket for that is, I think, forty or forty-two dollars. Forty dollars. Yeah. Um, now, but if you go and buy a ticket. Go through the um, checkout process at the end. They do the old special code thing. Oh, oh shit. Chris has got a code. Checkout code PFT gets you $5 off that ticket. Sweet. So, Damn. And any any uh, money off is, uh, is worth it, I think. So you can make that a $35 ticket. And go to the Lamb Beer Fest and hang out and uh, say hi to Ed. You can meet Ed. He'll be yes, there. that'll be there. Uh, Leslie's going to be there, I believe, like actually doing stuff. She's going to be involved yeah. with the... Uh, uh, so you can go meet pretty much... You can meet the entire... Well, Steve won't be there, unfortunately. You can meet two-thirds. Steve will be in China. You can meet the brains and comedy parts of State <laughs> of the Beer Union. <laughs> The guy who pushes the buttons will be uh, halfway around the world. I'll, I'll just dr- the, do the drinking portion of the show. Yeah, the drinking guy is... Uh, <laughs> Well, you're all a bunch of drinkers. Um, so listen to Save the Beer Union. Go to itsvolutionbeerweek.com is the website. A very simple website. Uh, we're, you know, we're happy to help them out and sponsor them and, and, and uh, get people over there. Uh, so go say hi to Ed. PFT at checkout. Gets you $5 off. Your tickets. Uh, Drew, where can people find you online? At Antihero419, Facebook and Instagram. But unless I know you, I'm not going to accept your friend request, so there's no point. That's why we're going to have to do a live event soon, so we can have as many people come out as possible. Mm-hmm. So then, Drew, would you consider a room full of people seeing their faces? Would you consider that meeting them? No. They have to walk up to you and shake your hand. Like, I've got it. Like, I, we have to be like, oh, and, and you are? <laughs> How will you remember, though, then? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty good with faces. doesn't okay. matter. You still you met actually him. are pretty good with faces. That's I'm true. pretty good with faces. What was that? I said it doesn't matter. You still met him. No. Yes. Well, that's the thing. But then when you go home and then try to Facebook friend him, you have to hope that he remembers you enough yeah. to accept the friend r- 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 Oh, that's right. R- 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 oh, that's right. You're, this you're, Cosmo you're discerning. Really hard, really yeah, fast. I, I, I got to keep out the riffraff, man. You know what? And that's a smart move because I went the opposite route and I just like randomly... Uh, you know, Facebook's like suggest friend. I was like, add friend, add friend, add friend, add friend, add friend. So I, I bumped up to like 2,500, 3,000 friends mm-hmm. really fast. Um, completely worthless. Did me no good. It just destroyed my timeline. I've been weeding out the enraged white men ever since for, for the last year and a <laughs> half, two years. Uh, just yesterday, I found one that was like blaming something else on the liberals or whatever. I was like, gone. Got here. A person who I've never, I don't even know how their name came up with my algorithm. Never seen them before. They never liked any of my shit. No mutual friends. No mutual. Well, no, that's the thing. They are mutual friends. That's why they came up in the uh, suggested friend algorithm. Right, because right. the more people you like, the bigger that circle gets. Yeah. And a majority of these people are comedians throughout the country because I'm, I'm already friends in Orlando with so many stand-up comics on Facebook. Yeah. That that's the algorithm that Facebook decided no. to lump me in with, as opposed to like film people or podcast people. It ended up being comedians. Mm. And that ended up being a uh, bad. Yeah, comedians are terrible people. Well, people are terrible people. People are, ter- people are just terrible. Chris. People are terrible people. Comedians are just the ones who are funny about it sometimes, yeah. and sometimes they're just uh, enraged, bitter jerks who uh, make me feel very unsafe in this country. Yeah. Um. So people meet Drew face to face, say hello, be memorable somehow, grab his dick, kiss him. I don't know, do something. Also, uh, give him money. Give him money. Follow at Trish Cogburn on Twitter. It's not me, but it's a. They do a great job. Oh, yeah. That's so active, right? Every Friday they do a, a, like a Friday post. That's awesome. Andrew Sikogburn. Steve. Yes. Internets. 
Oh, yes. Uh, just look up Steve Etchy, like Google that, and all my stuff comes up. That's it. All the stuff comes up. All of it. Including the stuff that shouldn't. The, yeah. Including the bad stuff. Like yeah. that old Tumblr account that he got. You know, you're heard the guy wrote all the porn on Tumblr? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys know there was porn on Tumblr? Yeah. I did not. I, I didn't know that it was like a go-to source for curated porn, but yeah. apparently people were like, that was their porn spot. Mm, that's I had weird. no idea. Yeah, but I do know, I did find since find out that a lot of like um, amateur uh, porn producers or like, uh, you know, ladies, like cam ladies, stuff like mm-hmm. that, who uh, who sell their whatever is on all oh, They use Tumblr. I was Tumblr about to say that was, was probably a great platform They sell what for they them. call their wares. Their wares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether their wares be used panties or videos or whatever. Whatever. What, whatever people want to spend money on, you know. Uh, and Tumblr shut that down in December. Yeah. Yeah, they shut all that down. So they, now they're like, ooh, what to do? Yeah, see, I, I don't know anything they about Tumblr. figure out something else. Well, that's what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. I like to introduce you to Drubler. Drubler. <laughs> it's spelled, you got to get rid of all this, all the vowels. So D-R-W-B-L-R.com, Drubler. Uh, you can, it's the exact same thing as Tumblr, but it allows porn. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. Of Drew. Drew, I'm just yeah. trying to make you some money. Buddy. Hey, man, if I was tech-savvy enough, I would have gotten on it already. This episode, yeah, exactly. <laughs> episode 314, brought to you by VluchaBeerWeek.com and Drewbler. I'm bringing it down. <laughs> D-R-W-B-L-R. Is, 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 that like, is that like the Drewber? Twitter still... Wait. Drewber, well, yeah, Drewber is the, the, the one you get Drew to drive you around <laughs> back and forth to places, uh, often for free. The only thing is, you know, you gotta be in this car. Twitter mm-hmm. still allows nudity, don't they? Fuck yeah. That's what I thought. I mean, it's, tw- it's Twitter, bro. Come on. Come on, Twitter. That's what I thought, but... Hell yeah, there's a porn Twitter. <laughs> Actually, damn it. I'm gonna bleep that out. Bleep. Let me see. Pause. You're not supposed to use that word anymore. It's like Ted Cruz tweeted, and now it's like bullying oh. or use that word. I feel like an asshole. Like I'm an Good old job, man. Chris. Uh, porn Twitter is a wizard, yo. What? Mm-hmm. I don't even understand what that means. Exactly. Because you're, you're an old man. <laughs> I am. And I'm young and cool and hip and with it. You're older than I am. <laughs> Technicality. <laughs> Apparently, wizard. It's wizard now. Things are wizard. wizard? Things are wizard. Why? I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know the. Uh, I don't know how we get to. I don't to know wizard. the etymology. I don't know where it started from. Some random rapper. Probably wizardry. Pro- wizardry. Little uh, pump was rapping about wizardry. Yeah. And someone was like, that's wizard. Takeshi six nine was like wizard, and everyone was like, "Yes." <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how sorry, but that's what it is now. Okay, wizard. Yeah. So, uh, Drewber is the uh, the Drew Rideshare app. Uh, uh, was it? I mean, how? Drew, Drewber is Rideshare app. Drewbler dot com is the his Tumblr. In, in that same vein, I had somebody ask me about uh, if Drumble? I had a quote unquote plug, and I was like, "Excuse me, like a butt plug?" <laughs> no, that uh, like it, apparently it's uh, a drug dealer. Because it's, it's your connection. Your connection, your plug. So you plug. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it took me a second. Okay. I'm old. That makes Sorry. sense. All right. The older you get, the, more, <laughs> the longer it takes to make the connects. Uh, uh, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got a plug? Do you have a plug? Of course. All right. <laughs> they got them DMT vape pens now. You got a plug on that? I was going to say, I actually, <laughs> what? we're going to be talking on Tidbits about that. What? Yeah, yeah. People listen to Tidbits. You Leslie need... Joe is now the co-host of Tidbits, which is now a weekly <clears throat> show. Yes. You... And, and I did not tell her about this. I was going to like lead her into this one blindly. Too. Oh, nice. Well, she doesn't listen to this, so it's perfect. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, Drew. DMT vape ends, buddy. I want. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so see Vecchi, Googles, all that stuff, tidbits, what's the fuss, and save the beard union. Yes. All right. I always wanted to try DMT, too. Hell yeah. Yeah. I you know, never even tried Houston Gym, but DMT is like, oh, oh. you know what I like about DMT? Doesn't last long. Yes. I knew you were. Yes. It's quick. High five. Or, or it's or, quick. It's like the ultimate, and it's quick. Or it's does like, just, it? Just do the best, and then you're done. No, no, that's the thing. No, the actual trip itself doesn't last long, but the effect is like it's life changing. Yeah, that's why I'm. And apparently, appar- I want to cut straight to the life changing. So- I don't want to have to go through the eight hours of running through the forest, like, <laughs> on my face, listening to crickets, being like. It all makes sense now. I want to condense that to five minutes of sitting on the couch being like, the aliens are real. You know, fu- <sighs> funny thing is, you, 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 you say that, and I have been there. I know you and have. And that exact, exactly what you said, I've been there. I know you have. I know people who have. It's, uh, <laughs> that's why I know. Been there, done that. That's why I know. Yeah. I know what I know what to expect I mean, because the, I've been around the outside, people who have experienced. When you, know? when, when you and say, I paid attention when you say it like that from the outside looking in, it sounds silly. But when you're on the drugs, in it, it makes perfect sense. When I watch a dude I know stare at a like a milk crate, an orange milk crate. When I see him staring at it for like a solid hour, mm. I'm like. <laughs> That can't be good. <laughs> well, when he describes it to me later, yeah. the milk crate, I'm like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the it milk was. crate was alive. It was. It was. It was alive and it was amazing. Oh, man, that's a good Cosmo. Um, Patreon.com slash Crespity, so give us your monies. We just did our preview, 2019 preview episode where we talk about Steve. It took us, I was like, let's bang this up. I'm trying to make our, Drew, our bonus episodes about 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. I think some of our movie spoilers, that's going to be more like 30 to 45. So so what people know what to expect. Our um, 2019 preview of What's to Come, an hour and 20 minutes. I was going to say, it, it felt, was it felt long like it was as long. Fuck. That is long. At one point, I looked at the... I was but like, then again, I was like, what time are we at? I was like, it's going to be we're at we're at 50 minutes. I was like, where are we at in schedule? Oh, May? May. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Let's bump up the speed just a little well, bit here. Like, that's just it, though. They crank out so many... Fucking movies these days, and we were, we only gave like on average one maybe to two a week, one and one or two movies a week, and maybe a minute or two per movie. But man, it ended up being a long episode. But hey, that's just content for you people know. to pay the monies for anywhere from one to five dollars gets you access to every bonus episode of Cinema Crespity, so that we have produced since October of last year. Oh. So there we go. Um, patreoncom Crespity. If you just search Crespo, uh, it's like the second thing that pops up. Ah. Yeah. The first thing is um, RC Crespo, remote control. Something to do with like I mean, what, we, drone videos. I was going to say, we, we, we remote control you? That'd be cool. You are the RC Crespo? That's part of the simulacra. Mm-hmm. It's running, running me, I'm being run. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure, I am. I am remote control Crespo. Yeah. Uh, they call me RC Crespo <laughs> because uh, in, the real, in the real world, which is not this world, but the world above us, we're just yeah. controlling us, you know. And I'm just like screaming, please hit the reset button. Yeah. Come on. You, you start should, this game over. You should watch Bandersnatch. I actually I watched it. Okay, I actually I want to watch Bandersnatch now even more because uh I'll just pull this out of the news section and mention it now. They're being sued by uh Chooseco, I think they're called, who is the company that's for decades have been behind the uh publishing of Choose Your Own Adventure books. Okay. And they are suing uh Netflix, I think, because they're the ones who explicitly produced this episode or this show. Mm-hmm. They're suing them for using Choose Your Own Adventure for that branding and for the uh, for the, the the words Choose Your Own Adventure. 
You're like, that's ours. We've been we've been making money off this since the seventies. You cannot just use this without compensating us. Wow. They should have seen that coming though. Right? They didn't, I'm surprised that they I haven't seen it. Do they use the phrase choose your they, adventure? I, I watched it. They, that's they, fucking they, they crazy. Said it. That's why the hell would you do that? That is like it. a known brand for that's your shorthand for what this whole style of storytelling you know, is. Well, exact and that's why they said it. But you can't do but that. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't make money doing that. You can I come up with another thing. I can't uh, make my own tissues and then call them Kleenex yes. and then not be mad when a Kleenex comes and sues me. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, still, you could be like, hey, guys, come check out. Uh, Crestnex. Deciding your own story. Yeah, yeah decide, exactly. decide your own storyline. Doesn't sound as good as choosing yeah. an adventure. But. So, yeah, I want to watch it, Drew, before yeah. it gets taken down. Yes. Yeah. No, well, I mean, it's. For what it is, but it, it all depends on, I don't know. I thought it was going to be something different, I guess. I mean, it still was what it was. Yeah. It's just, it was so, like, I don't want to give anything away. It was just so on the nose. Sure. About what it, it was. About what it's doing. And what it was. Like, it's almost as if the storyline, like, the basis of the story is the, the choose your own adventure. Like, it's all just wrapped into itself. Yeah. Like, you you are watching a choose your own adventure and in the story like Netflix is mentioned mm-hmm. fucking I, I know that I know you can explain Netflix to a character you can no, choose to do that exactly you can do that uh you know the whole choose your adventure and it's about a kid making a game that is a choose your own adventure so right. like it's all it's all choose your own adventure like layered on top of itself and fucking eating itself it's weird it's ouroboros yes yeah right it's ouroboros of choose your own adventure it's strange uh, just have to, I ain't even going to have to watch it. I'll watch it. It'll be part of my Crespo Hundo 2019. Join us. Hashtag Crespo Hundo 2019. Uh, go back listen to the last episode for that explanation because we need to move this episode along. I am trying to keep this, yeah. the Friday show, to an hour and a half. It's about 45 minutes per half. Uh, if the first half goes long, then I try to shorten the second half. So yeah. I'm trying to do, but I'm really trying to keep them, keep these at 90 minutes. So uh, it helps when I only see one new movie mm-hmm. and I can make the review kind of quick. I saw If Beale Street Could Talk. I mean, it's got 95% on the tomato meter. Oh, man. Uh, for good reason. 8.7 out of 10. For good reason. It's a damn fine movie. Is Jessica Beale in it? No. Okay. No, no not that Beale. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. I've never heard of it. As a matter of fact, uh, it this movie is sh- very lacking in white people. <laughs> it, made sh- <laughs> it, it made shit money this weekend. And it, well, it, it's still expanding. Yeah, it, it's expanding this weekend. Coming up now to uh-huh. like uh, a thousand screens, I think. Um, yeah, what does it have? Th- this weekend now they're at one thousand eighteen. Okay, so they're adding. I think they're adding another thousand maybe in next weekend. Okay. So this movie's still expanding, and you know yeah. what? Uh, I tried to say it last weekend. Like I only had my schedule only permitted me to see one screening in the evening, like a Saturday evening screening. Theater was practically sold out, so I mm-hmm. couldn't get in. And then I went and saw it uh, Friday evening of this week. The week later, it was in a bigger auditorium, and it was a pretty full theater. Oh. So the word of mouth is working on this thing, and maybe they're doing some smart marketing out there, getting the word out. I was gonna say because it sounds like you know, like it, um, I was gonna ask you how much of like a commercial appeal it had. Um, you know, it's not a very commercially accessible. Th- Thing. It's, Didn't sound like it. it is a, yeah, it's a movie about, no. it takes place in the early 70s, Harlem, New York, and it's about a, a young couple um, who, uh, like, she's 19, he's 22, he's falsely accused of rape and has been convicted. He's in jail. And uh, she's like, we're gonna uh, 
like we have an eye we have not our eyewitness we have our alibi that we're trying to work on we have all this we have all that we're, we're, we're working on getting you out mm. also she's pregnant and all this stuff it's based on a book and um it's just this very small contained story about this couple and it jumps back and forth between him being in jail and her visiting him and like visiting a lawyer and stuff like that and then a lot of it is like the um their courtship because they grew up together but it's their courtship period and how like uh when he like falls in love with her and they first move in together and all this stuff you know mm-hmm. the first time they have sex and things like that so it's a very romantic movie very okay. a lot of it is very much like i didn't get that right up until you said the part about sex well that's the thing it's <laughs> all the flashback stuff is very it's a lot of like loving images very slow motion mm. walking the two of them walking hand in hand down the street in new york uh like just glancing at each other and smiling mm. and looking away and some jazz music plays the whole movie not the whole movie but a lot of these scenes have the aesthetic of John Coltrane's ballads both okay. like the the music yeah. and the cover like the smoky hazy mm-hmm. uh it's all like it's like ballads uh come to life it's very interesting mm. but then also then it's sad so uh, it's very. It is a bit of a bummer because it's very much a lot of the of not the enough movie. white people. No, okay. <laughs> no, I'll talk about that in a second. The white, the white people thing is very funny. It's very funny. It's uh, it's a bummer because the movie is about like the the struggles of the of the black American mm-hmm. and how the system is set up against you. So like, there's a a good stretch where. They're looking for housing. They're just looking for a place to rent, and no one will rent to them. So, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, I think that's his name, mm-hmm. the dude from Atlanta. Yeah, he uh, he plays a guy who it's like he's fresh out of uh, prison for doing a couple years for a crime he didn't commit, and um, and they like have a, a couple scenes. This is an interesting thing about this movie. This is why it's not. I don't think a very socially accessible movie. Scene. Okay, uh, mainstream accessible. That, right, right. The um. The uh, they have scenes where there's like people sitting down talking at a table and they like let the conversation really play out. Like these scenes, it feels almost like it's uh, some of it's like a play, like a yeah. stage play where the conversations kind of are long and they have like stages to them. And uh, Barry Jenkins is the guy who directed, he's the guy who did Moonlight a couple years ago, mm. and he has no problem, him and the editor have no problem with like having the uh, character say a line of dialogue, a couple lines, make a point, and then to emphasize the point, they'll hit, hit the cigarette, like blow out the smoke, and then they'll just sit there and like, shake their head, <laughs> and the camera's like linger for a second, and it's just waiting. I like and, that. And yeah, there's no like cut to the next line, cut to the next line. It's like, no, the conversation's going to kind of lay out the way a conversation would. And Brian Tyree Henry, not in the movie very much, but he has this one scene, and now, now I'm going to start speaking to the white people. Think about this movie. This movie. Uh, Why are you Steve, pointing at me, but not Drew? One, but but not Drew. Because you're the one who mentioned it. Okay. You're the one who mentioned it. Right. Drew knows how I feel about white people already. He knows. He is, I'm on record. Um, this movie. Uh, it, Bill Street Could Talk is a novel, a James Baldwin novel. That's where it, the title comes from. Uh, also, I think it's more of an accessible title than what it really wanted to be called, which is White Devil, White Devil. <laughs> I'm almost positive that's what they, they yeah. wanted to call this movie. There are. Two white characters in this movie. One of them is a, a young lawyer who half the time they're like, he's just one of them white boys with college degree and like, oh, mama, he's he's working hard for us, you know? Mm-hmm. No, they're like, they're still distrustful of this white guy. Yeah. But he's still like the sort of white savior's like, I'm going to take up the cause. Um, and then uh, the only other white character in the movie is the racist ass white cop who uh, like harasses black people 
and, and sets up our dude, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Brian Tyree Henry as a guy fresh out of prison. He has this scene where they're sitting down at a table before dinner and they're having a beer. And it's a funny, not funny. It's weird how not, the scene gets intense without <laughs> you realizing that he's just speaking and he starts talking about his experience in prison. And he's like the shit I've seen. And he's like the things that they do to you. And he's like, and he's like, I believe in, I believe in Malcolm now. I believe in Malcolm when he says white people are the devil. And I mean, it was like very, and then the no. camera slowly pans to the other guys just sitting there just listening and smoking and like not really reacting. And uh, it becomes a very intense scene about him talking about like the, the shit that they do to you in prison, the way they make you feel. And uh, it's like, like, whoa, this is like in the middle of this little love story about all this shit and hardship. And it's the movie has a lot of little. But it didn't feel inappropriate. And when I say inappropriate, I mean like for the feel of the. Like movie. out of nowhere? Like no. a distraction or no, something. No, it felt like it's part of the movie. Oh, it, wow. This is for sure. The, the, That's this, hard to do. This movie is about the experience of being black in America. Oh, okay. And Where was this? Did this take place? It takes place in the early 70s, New York. New York, okay. But the point of the movie. And this kind of story is that, yes, this takes place in early 70s New York, but I see all the parallels, you know, to, yeah. to modern day 2019 America. Things really haven't, they've changed. We have iPhones, but they haven't changed that much. We still have red line housing and, you know, bank issues with loans and, you know, racism and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um, the movie, it's a beautiful movie. It's extremely romantic. Extremely well acted. Remember I talked about that show Homecoming on Amazon Prime, the Julia Roberts show? Yes. The, her co-lead, the guy that she's doing most of the um, therapy with, mm-hmm. is the guy who's the lead in this movie. Okay. Who's the one who's in prison. I think his name is Stephen James. And uh, I like that name. name. It's a good name. It's a good movie. It, it looks great. It's beautiful. And then here's another thing. As I was watching, you know sometimes you watch a movie and then you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I wonder how much is left. And you look it up and then you're like, oh my God, there's like an hour left or yeah. there's all this time left. I do that all the time. I know. You know I, it's just, it's just with everything I watch. It's just what we do. We're, yeah. we're right. Uh, it's well, the nature it, of the beast. You, you know what I think? You know what I think that comes from? What? Uh, when you watch um, like uh, cop shows and mysteries and stuff like that, just because I know that, um, you know, if I'm watching something, it's like, say it's like live TV or something like that. You yeah. Know? And the cops uh, on law and order arrest somebody. I'll look at the clock and be like, he, he didn't down. do it. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, yeah. We're it, only 15 minutes in. Yeah. There's no way he could have done it. <laughs> I mean, unless it loops back around, which sometimes no. it does, but like you can actually Very take... rarely does a loop no. back. You're right. Yeah. The first person gets arrested within seven minutes. That's not it. Nope. Not the person him. who gets arrested at the 20 minute mark yeah. before the order part of the Correct. story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so with this movie, the movie's going, I know we're going into it. It's a two hour movie. You know, okay. Reason, reasonable length. Yeah. But then it's also drama, a lot of talking, so I knew they would feel probably feel a little longer. You know, there's no action scenes in here. Right. Um so at one point I pulled the phone out and I'm like, All right, we're twenty minutes in here, that feels right, you know, I'm gonna put the phone away. And then uh, I'm watching the movie, I'm watching the movie, I'm into the story, it's going and then I'm like, Oh, I, I pulled my phone out thinking, Oh, we're probably like halfway through, there's probably a full hour left. Pull my phone out, it's like twenty minutes left in the movie. <laughs> I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> I was like, What? How's that? How are they gonna wrap it? What? And uh, and then they did they wrapped it up in a way that was eh, you know it was interesting. I don't definitely don't want to say how they wrapped the movie up. Well, yeah. it's an older novel that they then tweak a little bit for modern audiences mm-hmm. that I find very interesting. That tweaks it in a way that makes it more hopeful than it otherwise would have been. I like that. But yeah, uh, it's a good move because otherwise I could have walked out of that theater and just be like, man, 
just just burn this world. Down. Oh yeah, this is fucked up. But um, no, they did something. I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. There 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 are ways around uh, these obstacles. Um, but overall, it's like a great movie. I think it's really well made. I wouldn't tell people to run to go see it in a theater outside of the fact that we should be supporting of this type of cinema. These type of mo- yes, these type of movies. Yeah. You know, uh, it's very artistic, very well intentioned, well made. It's also uh, to speak to the lack of whiteness. I was almost going to say anti-whiteness, but to the lack of whiteness. It's a very black movie. It's a very uh, uh, speaks to that culture, that that's very specific viewpoint of living in America. And uh, I mean, I, I I liked it a lot. I thought it was really well made, really good. And interesting one-two punch from Barry Jenkins, mm-hmm. who movie he did first is this little movie Wyatt Snack, a little black and white movie about him I like Wyatt Snack. Wyatt Snack's good right yeah. you may like this movie it's an okay movie uh, Drew can you look up Barry Jenkins Wyatt Snack? see if that pulls up the title it's about he's a dude it's in San Francisco and he wakes up one morning after a party like he blacked out and he wakes up uh, with a girl in his bed and she doesn't remember anything either and they determine that I don't think that they hooked up, but then they end up spending the day together, maybe like looking for a car or something. But it's just them, That's like, awesome. and it's just them walking around oh. and, and uh, learning about each other, who they are. Yeah. Medicine for melancholy. Me- thank you, Drew. Medicine for melancholy. Uh, this I saw that back in the day when I was still getting DVDs via Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's how I got that one, and that was ah. I didn't know who Barry Jenkins was. I think I got that because I think I read an article about it. And it said Wyatt Snack was in. I was like, oh, I like Wyatt Snack. So I think that's how I rented that. Yeah, Wyatt Snack's awesome. And then the movie itself is fine. There's no real artistic flourishes. It's just like uh, like a black and white, almost like a student film. It's very much like a person's first movie. So the leap from that to Moonlight is wild. Yeah. And then if Beale Street could talk, a.k.a. White Devil, White Devil, uh, definitely continues in that like... Uh, that evolution of a, of an artist. So I'm very interested in seeing what Barry Jenkins, how he continues uh, to evolve as a director in the movies that he keeps making. I wonder if he'll ever, or even has the the, the desire to make the big budget stuff. You know, to to translate that to some sort of a hundred million dollar film, hundred fifty million dollar yeah. film, or is he just happy with the dramas and the novel adaptations? adaptations? Yeah, things like that. You know, uh, you know, all sorts of movies need to be made. So, hence, we need all sorts of filmmakers. Uh, so, there you go. If Bill Street could talk, it would say, the white man is the devil. It would say that. Yeah, so, so, it's in that theater. I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was telling Drew the other day. I was like, I'm, I'm trying to get less white people on the show, uh, less white guests in here, more. Okay. I'm just trying to diversify the yeah. show, you know? Diversify podcasting in general, and then Drew points out, "Now you got Steven here all the time. Now I'm outnumbered." So yeah. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, what you watch? You watch anything, Drew? Uh, I mean, I, I like I said, I watched Bandersnatch. Didn't you watch that last week? Did you really watch no, it? I, I watched it this week. Uh, how many endings did you go through? Uh, I well, I looked it up online, and I apparently through my playthrough, I got them all. In one playthrough, and and because I, I I kept choosing wrong for I I didn't choose the quote unquote right ending to get the five star review blah 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 until the last one, and then I went online and looked it up, and I was like, okay, I went through that, and I went through that, and I went through that, and I went through that, so I did the whole thing so, apparently. So you got to an ending, and it, then, then it loops you back. Does it ask you if you <clears throat> want to, or no. it just does it? It just it, loop, it it gives you either one or two options depending on mm. where you're getting looped back to. Yeah. So you would recommend it as an experience. It was for what it was. I think it was fun. Um, you are a video gamer compared yes. to playing video games. I mean, it it 
feels more like you're playing a video, like a live action video game mm. as opposed to... Like a Dragon's Lair. Or yeah, exactly. As opposed to like watching a movie. Yeah, right. And it's only because of the subject matter and, and the way that it's very on the nose about itself. It's about what it's about. Exactly. <laughs> There's no subtext to it. No. Yeah. So the thing is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. <laughs> Which is, sometimes it's annoying when that is like, come on, you dress it up a little bit. Well, they, I mean, they do, and they go into some, you know, they, some fun twists and some fun, you know, side things, this, that, the other. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, at at the end of the day, I'm still on the fence about it. I don't know if I liked it or not. Interesting. At the end of the day, you're no. a Blade Runner about it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. No. All right. Okay. I, I, I don't know I, if I liked it or not. I need to give it my own view. Uh, I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, my brother, uh, Joseph Crespo, due to make his uh, Crespo Iso debut sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Most likely in a bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, less people listen. So, you know. It's so he doesn't the, feel weird. The, not just that, but then the train wreck possibilities will be heard by fewer people. The, fewer train cars. Yes. Yeah, fewer train <laughs> cars. Fewer cars. <laughs> <up> on the <laughs> track. <laughs> See how it goes. I can say that now because he's not. In the, he's gone. He's not in the next room. So, and uh, and also, I don't think he listens to this. The um, <laughs> he watched it and he said it annoyed him because every single time it asked him to make a choice, he always made the choice that would end after like two minutes, yeah. and then it would kick you back and be like, "Go make another choice." That's what happened to me every single time. Yeah, like I said, that's why that's why I got all the endings in my first playthrough. By the end, yeah. yeah. But even in the beginning, within the first few minutes, like, God damn, it keeps kicking me back. I yeah. can't... So it's... He, he felt very, like... He felt the illusion of choice immediately. Well, so some people feel that illusion right away and they're like, they're like, fuck this. And other people buy into it and they go along with the ride. How uh, long for you did, could you go along with the ride before you felt... The cracks in the, the system. At the at, at the end, I was you like... the cracks at the end? Well, no, it was just... If it's it was, at the end, then that's actually yeah, good. Yeah, because it was happening so often, but like but like I said, they w- while you're realizing the cracks yourself, yeah. Yeah. they're commenting on it in the thing. Mm. So it's it's a weird parallel. Mm. So, mm-hmm. like, it's... Like I said, I don't know if I like it or not. I don't know. I'm not sure... It's definitely a worthwhile experience. Okay. I'll give it that. Okay. All right. Worth enough. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think it's good Because it's new and it's interesting and it's, it's something fresh. I mean, there's nothing... And also... Yeah. There's nothing like it. And also for Crespo Hundo 2019 purposes, I do count one viewing of it as uh, as an entry into the Crespo Hundo 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch it again and get a different ending, it doesn't count. No. I don't care. It's, it's the same thing as... You can watch Kingdom of Heaven mm-hmm. and then watch the director's cut. Mm-hmm. Same movie. Exactly. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if one of them is an hour longer. I also watched uh, a movie on Amazon Prime called Shot Caller. Shock Caller? Shot Caller. Shot? They're two very <laughs> different first. movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> two, two completely different movies, I'm sure. Shot Caller. Yeah. It's with uh, Jamie Lannister is the lead. Okay. Uh, and uh, What's his name? Nicholas something? And The Punisher is in this movie as well. Oh, uh, uh, Thomas Jane. No, the other Punisher. Oh, uh, Dolph Lundgren. No, 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 the pun- the current Punisher. Oh, uh, Ray Stevenson. <laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> the last one that you're going to talk about. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> the dude. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm John talking about. John Bernthal. Yes. yes. Shane from Walking Dead. Uh-huh, yeah. He, so he's in it, too. So is the, uh, the, the lead, not, uh, not, uh, what's his face? God damn it. I'm, uh, guy from Burn Notice. 
Oh yeah. Oh that that bland white guy. The bland white the bland guy, white guy yeah. with the, uh, with, the with the chiseled face. Yeah, he's fat now. He got fat. He's fat now. Are you sure it's not just for the role? Maybe it was just for the role. Because he had that chiseled face. But he's like he's with his shirt off. It's it's about it's about a dude. So it's about it's it's about a dude like regular white collar guy mm-hmm. who uh, gets drunk one night with his friends okay. and uh, gets in a DUI crash and kills one of them Ooh. and goes to jail for. That's, 16 months. That's weird because he actually got a DUI. That's where it starts. Really? The, the guy, guy, the the guy from uh, Burn Notice? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. A well, few years ago. But, nobody died. But, well, no. I mean, but still. It, I'm ta- uh, it's uh, Jimmy Lannister's the lead. So okay. he, he does that and then he goes to jail and things. He fucking joins a prison gang to stay safe and things just fucking escalate from there. Oh, so it's about him being in a prison gang, pretty much. Yeah, and the oh, the, wow. the repercussions of that, like dealing with the bullshit in prison and yeah. then getting out and dealing with being now, because you're in a prison gang now for life. Like yeah. Yeah. when you're out, guess what? You're still in a prison gang. Yeah. So like it, it, it's just him doing that while trying to protect his family. I didn't know that's how that worked. Yeah, it's interesting. So no. good. It was worth it, it was worth watching. Worth watching? Yeah. Shot caller. Shot caller from on uh, Amazon Prime. Fairly recent, right? Maybe yeah. a year or two I think, old. Yeah, it's I not think that 2016, old. 2017. All right. Yeah. I'm Jimmy Lannister can carry a movie. Maybe that's my undo. Uh, I've always liked him. Yeah. Um I like to bring every, up this movie whenever I can. He's in that movie Headhunters. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I do I do want to say one thing though. Every a lot of people have weird mustaches in this movie. <laughs> Is it a period piece of some sort? No. So they just have weird mustaches. Just, it's a hipster movie. It is. It is like current times. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe like ten years ago because they don't have smartphones. They've got uh, flip phones. Everything's flip phones. As soon as you so, mentioned mustaches, the first thing I thought of was John Wick. That yeah, one guy fucking, in the bathing house that had like the, the um, the, uh, the, the uh, curl. Yeah, the, I've, I've been working on my mustache. Yeah. Uh, this one. This side wants to curl. This one doesn't. I don't want them to either to curl. I want. I want to do the, whoosh, the long one. Ah, yeah. You know, if I'm gonna curl it, then it might as well be a Salvador Dali. Yeah, uh, Salvador Dali part ten. Yeah, uh, Benjamin Bratt. He's in this movie for a little while. Oh, is he a Colombian drug dealer? No, he's actually a policeman. <laughs> God damn! But he's got a giant dude. He's got like a giant fucking full on Western sheriff mustache. Does he? Yeah. Does he finally look any older? <clears throat> no, because uh, he's just got a giant mustache. He looks. He has. Uh, I think he has like some gray hairs and <laughs> and um. What's the Superhero movie he was just in. He's just superhero. Doctor Strange is a very. I didn't remember that. He has a very small role in the beginning as a guy who Doctor Strange goes to. He goes like, "Oh, I heard you use mysticism to heal yourself." Yes, and he's like, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah. It's it's one of the very very few roles he's ever taken where he's not either a a drug dealer or b a cop. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember <clears> that now. So yeah, he was, so and then he comes with the very man. very end when Baron Mordo shows up and he's like, "This is uh, something something magic." Giant mustache. Giant mustache. Who has a giant mustache? Good giant mustache. And so does um, what's his face? So does Jimmy Lannister. Uh, Nicholas. Whatever his name ne- is. Wish we saw. Anyway, he's got a he's got a crazy mustache too. Shot collar. Shot Not shock collar. Not shock collar. No shot collar. And I'm I'm kind of angry that that that, that song never dropped. Shot collar, not shot collar. No, wanna be, wanna be a baller. Shot collar. Oh, in the in the yeah, in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, is it a um, called shot collar? You might as well. Foreign made, English, Canadian. Probably. You know what? European. Let me let me check. Watching it, could you feel that it was not American? Sometimes you can feel that. You know what I'm uh, saying? A little bit. You can be like, oh, this is definitely made by a a little in, bit in, in Czechoslovakia by a bunch of Frenchmen. Yeah, it was America. kind of like that. Uh, so I think it's Swedish production. Good thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I think maybe a Russian production. All oh, the Ruskies who get fell for our propaganda. 
<laughs> Maybe. You watching anything these days? Um, yeah, I want to preface this with something really quick though. If you despite you dummy, we you know you love it. All right, come on. If you're <laughs> no, if if you if, okay, uh, if your parent has a cousin, it's a parent. You're a parent. If go no, 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 no. Your parent mm-hmm. has a cousin. Is that your second cousin? Oh, you know what? I saw a chart. I, very, I saw a chart very recently that actually explained how that whole works. Cousin, second cousin, twice removed. I I, don't, I never understood the removed thing. There, yeah. There's uh, well, thought... that, that that's just how many cousins apart you are. One, two, three cousins apart. Um, I saw a whole chart. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then I forgot. So your cousin, your parents' cousin, would make them your second cousin. Okay. Well, my would make s- them your s- your great second cousin. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if you add great to those. I, I think don't you, think, I think you, you can. Great. No, but no. Okay. Well, anyway, let's just say that my second cousin. Um, this was kind of like a. I'm glad I finally. It took me way too long to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched uh, the Connors. Oh, the TV show. Yeah, the, uh, the new one. Yeah, uh, I watched a few episodes yesterday with my girlfriend. It was um, it was it was good. Yeah. Um, my without Roseanne. My yeah. No, your 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 parents' cousin is your first cousin once removed. Okay. First cousin once removed. Okay, well, my first okay. cousin's once removed, one by marriage and one naturally. Their kids would then be the second cousin once removed. They're the head writers of the Connors. Oh, wow. And so, cool. I, up this point, so, um, and that's not the only reason I watched it. I did want to see it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, not only did, yeah, it's it's, it's good. Uh, but not only that, but I got, now, now I don't feel bad because I finally watched you it. You got that off your chest. Yeah. yeah that's all your chest now. You, know, you actually watched Connors and you liked it. All right. That's uh, ABC. Uh, yes. What are you yep. watching on Hulu? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Connor's getting the Steve Etchy seal approval with the caveat that he knows the head writers. <laughs> hey, get him on the show. Hi-yo. What are you doing? Get yeah, on, sure. Get him on Cinema Crest with you. They're not busy. I'll be like, no. Of not. <laughs> well, I mean, they're obviously not writing that show. Well, they had that whole off season what, where Roseanne was doing crazy tweets. I gotta, gotta get him in during the off season. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, well, it, no, the new season just doesn't have Roseanne anymore. Yeah, She's exactly. Gone. That's what I'm talking about. And they haven't announced whether they, or not they're doing a, a second season. Yeah, because they didn't write for Roseanne. Like it was, they were brought on for the Connors. For the Connors, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Well, I mean, you can tell like things because Roseanne's gone. Like it went from right to left. And also, uh, when Roseanne, the first season she was on, Whitney Cummins was the I love her, and she was the co-showrunner. And uh, I want to say Wanda Sykes was working on the show as well. Really? Yes. Yeah, so what they did was sounds right. What they did was to mitigate Roseanne's right wing insanity because she is right wing yep. insane. She's just not right wing. There's, no, there's, 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 there's a difference between being like a right wing person where you're like fiscal responsibility, black people, <laughs> and state, black people and, are, uh, are are and, welfare queens, and blah, small blah. government, and small government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, small government, blah blah. Whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. Yeah. Uh, there's there's between that. They, it just means they want less government interference in their business. It just means they don't know what the government does. So it, yeah. it's uh, it's that versus like oh the Muslim Brotherhood is trying to enact Sharia law in this country. We mm-hmm. have to wipe out you know uh, the craziness. Yeah. You know the lizard people are coming yes. for us. The QAnon type shit. Um, you know Antifa is is the real Nazis. You know um, so uh, Roseanne was doing that kind of shit right. So to mitigate yeah. that, they're like we got to surround her with a bunch of left lefties like hardcore lefties. Yeah, you got Whitney Cummins in there. You got Wanda Sykes in there. Whitney Cummins left Roseanne that season mm-hmm. um, like two weeks before all that shit went down mm. uh, with the with a tweet and then you know her getting fired and all that stuff. She had already left. 
And then she had said afterwards, after all that shit went down, she said the reason I left when I did was because I couldn't pull the show as far left as I wanted to. I couldn't be as liberal. I couldn't get enough of my things in there. A lot of it was still getting shut down and yeah. changed and, mm-hmm. and being made more. So Roseanne still had a lot of she's still swinging, of that, swinging a big Roseanne dick on that set, making oh, things yeah. happen, you know. So it's interesting. Then I wonder her being gone probably meant some of her writers were gone too. Yeah, it's like we gotta fill this gap. It's I mean it's not, and that's just the thing. What I liked about it was like it's not like it swung the other direction. It's not extremely liberal either. Well, the show, the Roseanne season, wasn't it wasn't necessarily Republican or right wing. It was actually they were shooting for pretty. And they were, but I mean, they I, had a lot of shit sprinkled in. Oh yeah, yeah. Politically, especially in the, the first few seasons, the first yeah. few episodes, I should say. Yeah. They definitely did. There was a one episode where a Muslim family moves in next door, and they get a large shipment of fertilizer, and so she's like, "Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna bomb the neighborhood or wow, something." That's crazy. But then the episode ends with her like, they actually go over there and they talk to them like, "Oh no, oh, your people. Oh, your people is a garden. Oh, it's an Amazon mix up. They just sent you too much fertilizer. Oh, okay, cool. Nice to meet you. I'm Roseanne." That's, uh, I'm racist. How's that, it going? That's, that's how they ended that's it. Yeah, that's how they ended it. Just like, uh, oh, nice to meet you. Wow. Yo, my my bad. I didn't mean to. Uh, I didn't mean to be racist. I didn't mean to. I was racist. I, I was I was being racist, but I didn't mean to be racist. I did yeah. see them. They just showed up in another episode uh, before I left. Uh, Muslim here. neighbors. Uh huh. Yeah. There you go. That's, yeah. where, that's where they started from. They seem nice. I like them. That's, that's the thing. So they were like trying to do some stuff with that. Ep- I I mean, I, don't know. I never actually watched the show. I just kept reading about it because it was a cultural phenomenon. That like I mean, necessitated vulture.com think pieces about it, and the the articles were I guarantee you far more interesting than the episodes themselves. Yeah, I was never that big of a Roseanne fan. No, I didn't. I, I barely I, watched I, it. I never really watched. Oh, I loved Roseanne. Did you? Yeah, yeah. It was a huge cultural force in the late eighties, early nineties when that show was on. You know, it was gigantic. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it it was the epitome of American lower middle class. It represented in a way that had not been done so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was like that in Married with Children. Married with Children was yeah. like the sardonic uh, sexual version uh-huh. of uh, Roseanne, hence the you know, uh, less revered. Mm-hmm. That's that's Fox for you. Uh, <laughs> exactly. It was the Fox version. It's a Fox yeah. version. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Especially 90s Fox. Yeah. Trend. We're like, we need to make a name for ourselves. All right. So you got the Connors. All right. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, for me, for what I'm watching, I actually finished reading the the Stone Sky. Oh, nice. So the Broken Earth series is done. N.K. Jemison. Uh, I read these three books over the course of like the last uh, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And man, what a series. It's like... 400 pages per book, but even though it's really well written, very easy to read. Like, I mean, I guess it depends on reading level, but mm. I found them easy to read. I love them. Blew through them. Great sci-fi fantasy. Uh, the way it all wraps up is fantastic. So, do you know what the Stone Sky is now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> That's good. It's fucked up. <laughs> the seasons, man. They got to end. We got to get the moon. Man, one person was like, we got to put the moon back in place. Another person was like, I, we're going to use the moon to smash the earth. Oh, it's such a good book series. Um, <laughs> I'm reading now. I picked up another book. I picked up a couple books. One, I, I'm, so I'm listening to a podcast. I think I mentioned this on the show before. Anthony Jeselnik has a podcast. You guys know oh, this? I did not no. know that. I know who he is, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that. He's hysterical. I'm a big Jeselnik oh, fan. Oh, he's, he's funny. He's great. A few years ago, he had a podcast called The Rosenthal and Jeselnik Vanity Project, RJVP. And it was him and his buddy Dave Rosenthal, who was like his be- best friend from college. He went to 
uh, college together in like Tulane or was that in New Orleans? I have no idea. Wherever the college is in New Orleans that they went to school there. Yeah. And uh, they've been best friends for years. And, then, and um, his buddy Rosenthal got a job with the NFL as a writer and he's been, uh, he works for the NFL. So for the NFL Network a few years ago, they did a podcast that was about the season. Uh, about the every week they would mm-hmm. recap the season and news and stuff like that. And then of course by the end of that season, Every episode, Just Nick was complaining about the NFL Network. They like they won't let me make Roger Goodell jokes. I can't do this. I can't do that. By the end of it, he was like, by the time Super Bowl's rolling around, he's like, I will never work for the NFL Network again. He was saying this on the show. Yeah. Hysterical. <laughs> Super Bowl came. They did their last episode. The uh, podcast went away. Comedy Central. Did you know they're getting into the podcast game now? Interesting. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Yeah. Is. So they have uh, their own podcast now that they're producing, and they revitalize the show by doing the Jesselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project. Mm-hmm. They flipped the names. No. JRVP, nice. Junior Vice President. And it's a sports podcast, ostensibly, but they spend just as much time talking about like the caravan, the micro-caravan, stuff like that. It's, fucking, it's a crazy, crazy show. Every episode, they do recommendations. He did a recommendation one week that was a book called Largest of the Sea, which is like a series of short novels, uh, short stories. And he was like, it's one of the best things I've read in, in years. It's amazing, blah, blah, blah. So I immediately just went to Amazon. And then I pulled Got the paperback, shit. and I ordered it. And then I hit order, pay for it. And I was like, all right, shipping information. And it said, this will be shipped to you in two months. Mm. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, I ordered the paperback. It's not available on paperback yet. Hardcover. This is a brand new fucking book. Yeah. So uh, the book just came in. So I'm going I'm I'm to read these short stories about death and existentialism. Cool. And maybe cry. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, you guys might be interested in this. Uh, this fellow, Peter Salmon, Salmon, S-A-M-M-O-N, wrote a book called Future Noir that I have started reading. And Future Noir is uh, considered the Blade Runner Bible. Okay. This dude... Yeah was hired by Cinema Tech Magazine, I think that's what it's called, back in the day when Blade Runner was first in production. So like, hey, go hound that production, go on set, ingratiate yourselves. See what they do. And make a, uh, we need you to write a double issue. An entire double issue of our magazine will be devoted to the production of Blade Runner. So by the time Blade Runner came out in, in theaters and bombed, he then had his double issue out there. And then he was like, I'm done. I'm done with Blade Runner. Spends the next 15 years researching, interviewing, talking to people. He has this book put out in 1996 called Future Noir. I just purchased the third edition, which just came out in 2017. And it includes a whole section about the development of Blade Runner 2049. So it's a four or 500-page book. About Blade Runner. About everything about Blade Runner. To the point where, so far, the only thing I've read is the uh, how he got involved. His whole story. Uh a short biography on Philip K. Dick and then a few several page synopsis of uh, do Android stream of electric sheep and the quick differences between that and the Blade Runner movie. I, know, I haven't even gotten to the production of the movie yet. I'm reading all this and it's fascinating. fascinating it's so sure. good. It's so good. Do you, uh, uh, are any of the streaming, ser- do any of the streaming services, do you know, have the original? Um, some of them sometimes Ooh, do. It, it comes up and down. Drew will look it up right now. Okay. I, I know I think on, most recently on Amazon Prime, I believe I saw the director's cut, the final cut, and then for a while it was on Netflix, and it may be on HBO because HBO Wait, has twenty forty nine. Oh, which one, Blade Runner or twenty forty nine? We're talking about Blade Runner. Okay, the OG, right? Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen either one though. Because 
man, I, I uh, neither had my brother. I just showed him last weekend. I showed him both movies over consecutive nights: Blade Runner, and then the next night, twenty forty nine. It's not streaming right now. It's not streaming right now. No. You got yeah, sometimes well, you, you can rent it. You can rent it or buy it on man. digital pl- platforms. Oh, you got a DVD player? Nope. Oh. <laughs> well, then there goes that. Yeah. You don't have a video game system? Not, yeah, but the, the hard drive isn't working. I mean, not the hard drive. The, uh, the, disc, the, disc, the disc drive the, isn't the disc working. The disc drive isn't working. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I rewatch Blade Runner. I mean, rewatch, I watch it all the time. I but say, I, but I, I did a back-to-back over consecutive nights with my brother, him watching uh-huh. it for the first time. And man, it's just such an epic, beautiful This, this is your The Spy Who Dumped Me. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it genuinely is. And if these movies had Mila Kunis in them, I'll be like, oh, even better. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, I've been toying with the idea of playing Red Dead Redemption 1 next because I just finished Red Dead Redemption 2. And it makes and you want to go and back. It's a pre- well, no, it's a prequel. And it's a prequel. And so it makes I just want to wanna, I, I just wanna continue the story again because the, st- the story's so great. It's so funny. As, as I was finishing the Stone Sky and all these pieces were falling into place story-wise and puzzle-wise and everything was making sense now. Yeah. Like, even things that I thought were th- story threats I had forgotten about from the first book. It comes back. I was like, oh, oh, this is all so brilliant. <laughs> uh, as I was finishing book three, I was like, I want to re-read book one right now. I was like, I'm finishing three. I saw pages ago. Yeah. I want to pick up book one, like read the beginning. Like, oh yeah, okay. Like compare and contrast yeah. the two books together. It's funny how that happens. Yeah. Uh, I will be rereading those. Um, but yeah. first I got to read this Blade Runner Bible, which is thick as fuck and a tiny, tiny font. But I'm looking forward to it. It, it starts out great. Um, all right, guys. Yeah, we got to take a break. I need a drink here beverage you, you need a drink Steve you're I'm out of iced tea you're out of iced tea so uh, we'll be right back with the second half of the show I have a whole bunch of movie news stories and stuff uh, but what we'll do is we'll listen to Billy Dee's Death at the Movies first and then we'll come back with the second half of the show What's up, my dudes? Things are super crazy up here right now, and winter finally decided to show up. Yay. But I did manage to squeeze in a few screenings. Struggle. The Life and Art of Zhukalski. This doc kept popping up on my recommended queue on Netflix, and I put it on yesterday morning thinking I could do a little cleaning while it played in the background. Nothing got cleaned. This documentary transfixed me. It's about a little-known sculptor from Poland named Stanislav Zhukalski, and he had a tumultuous and wild life bouncing between Poland and the U.S. from the early 1900s until his death in the 80s. His sculptures are these wild, stunning figures that he saw as being monuments as tall as buildings. He sought to create a monomyth called Zermatism and a universal language called Protong for humankind. He had crafted sculptures of new heroes based on classical European forms mixed with Mesoamerican iconography. 
He was widely considered to be a genius and a master by almost everyone who ever met him. He uh, <coughs> also dabbled in some far-right extremism in the 1930s. <coughs> but hey, it was, it was Warsaw. It was the 30s. Everyone was doing it. This doc was incredible and features tons of footage of Zukalski talking at great length about his art and his intentions as an artist. And he reminded me a lot of Jodorowsky in a lot of ways. A very special kind of artist. Must see. I also caught a horror movie at IFC Center called Pledge. This is a lean, mean little movie. Gnarly, even. It's about three college friends who desperately are trying to rush fraternity. They get selected to join some ultra-elite skull and bones type of social club and are submitted to a weekend of insane hazing and torture. It's brief and bleak, but cheeky in weird spots. I didn't forget it, that's for sure. Stay cool, Billy D. photography uh accounts uh he does some great photography work big fan of the um neon stuff at night with gas and or rain that awesome neon stuff. <laughs> yeah that sounds pretty great if you if you if you like the way blade runner looks follow follow his stuff bill has the modern blade runner eye he can give you a very led 2019 blade runner mm-hmm. new york mm-hmm. i like it very much mm-hmm. i love mm-hmm. the aesthetic speaking of blade runner and future noir and all that yeah um, we have no emails this week. That's fine. We don't need them to generate content because our mouths are enough for you that. You should have told me I'd have written one. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, just right in the break. Right the break. No, send your emails to for the Lady Raptastic show. Yes. To pftradionetwork at gmail.com. I really need to come up with the Lady Raptastic email because I want, uh, we need more listener feedback for that show. Uh, so Lady Raptastic show, the email is for that one. Yes. As a matter of fact. Or you can also email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com. 
and we'll send you stickers if you want. Just give us your address, things like that. Yeah. Wait, we already did the plug section. So, uh, <laughs> right? That doesn't make any sense. Let's get let's get this together. Let me uh, fix that there. Uh, movie news, Drew. Chris, it's coming. What is? And you can't you can't stop movies. It. Movies. <laughs> so true. What movies? Uh, a sequel to one of the biggest hits of 2018. Yeah. Yes, Queen. Venom is coming. Of Venom course. Two. Um, Venom 2 is uh, going to be PG-13. Yeah, why 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 rock because there and, are here's and, the thing. And and here's the thing, will probably be better than the first Venom because it'll actually be filmed for PG-13 as opposed to taking an R-rated movie and cutting it to shit. You know what? That's fair. A better chance of being a better movie because they know what they're doing off the bat as opposed to changing gears at some point. That's a fair observation. I'll um, give it that. So what they're going to do is because the first Venom made so much money, it's a total, if it ain't broke, don't fix it scenario. So they rehire. Well, first off, the original Venom screenplay was written by two people. And then the Sony hired a writer to do a rewrite before it went into production. Sony has rehired that writer. So not the first two dudes, but said the chick that did the rewrite. So who knows at this point when it comes to script rewrites, yeah. you, you can't tell who, Never know. Who, who to assign. So maybe a lot of the bad choices were from the, the original draft. Maybe. Maybe she had a pile of dog shit that she turned to something that was workable, mm-hmm. which then apparently got cut in the editing bay anyway, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, and all this say, stuff. Yeah, because it, it was supposed to be rated R. That was like the... Ta- that's, that's why people were psyched for this movie. Right, exactly. So... Um, which I don't understand why you would need an r for venom i mean so you, you could so you could have a crazier gorier yeah. more quote unquote true to life like venom you, you know, like you, the stuff that he it, talks about biting off their heads yeah i mean there's a yeah. reason there's a reason why logan did so well as opposed to the other wolverine stuff because they finally showed what those claws are due to a human <laughs> Real I fast. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. You didn't see Logan? No. Oh, man, worth it. within the first two minutes of Logan, you're people, like, people have limbs severed. Yes, and uh, you, you watch his claws go through people's heads in just about every way. Like, from the side, from the top, from the bottom, right through the... Uh, I mean, it's... it's Oh, yeah, man, by the end of the really good. by the end of the movie, their heads have every every direction. Mm-hmm. Oh, did yeah. they? Did, did you do that thing where like his middle claw doesn't come out, but the two yes, other ones he do, does, and it goes in the eyes. He he does that. He does yeah. the whole. I mean, he does some of the iconic um, covers. You know, where like he picks people up. Oh yeah, and holds them and stuff like that. So it, it, they 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 do it justice. One of my favorite ones is when he can't be for for plot reasons. He can't really move. He's moving very slowly. Everything is moving very slowly. So he takes his fist, and he moves it very slowly next to a bad guy's head. And then you just and, hear... Sick. And then it goes... <laughs> and, and, the, and the claws go into the dude's head, and then he pulls oh. it out. It's the blood. So, <laughs> I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very well made. So it's a bit of a bummer. That's the last one. Like, yeah, but there's... It, 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 seriously, it works. It does work. For what it is. It works. It's great. Um, they're not good for streaming, too. Logan, I think it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so a Venom could... For sure, benefit from being R-rated, especially if the originally they said they wanted to be R-rated more be a of a horror, a horror film. Yeah. Like this is supposed to be kind of a scary movie. They did not go that direction. Oh, they went like buddy cop with it. It was weird. It was weird. It's a weird choice. Financially, it paid off. So we're gonna get another one. We'll see what changes they make to it. But the things that they're keeping the same. Not only are they for sure bringing back that screenwriter. But uh, I think it's pretty official. Tom Hardy is back. 
Well, yeah, he may have signed him for multiple films, but he because he was very upfront about like I don't like what they did to the editing yeah. of this movie. Yeah, he wasn't happy, but he's coming back. Extra dump truck of money will do that. <laughs> Uh, or or maybe or maybe here's the thing maybe he actually had like a deal on the back end where depending on how much money it made he made more he got a chunk of that 800 mil he saw he got a nice chunk of that 800 mil was like you know what let's fucking do this let's do it again um <coughs> also re-signing and then maybe we can get a reprise a reprisal of one of my favorite few parts of venom uh uh michelle williams is coming back no, okay. And uh, is she gonna be sexy venom? That's again? what I'm saying. Hopefully, she will get another bit of lady venom because yeah, uh, it, no lady venom. yeah the symbiote goes on to Michelle Williams at one point for, for a very for a very short for like scene. Forty five seconds, you have sexy lady venom walking around, sexy lady, venom. and it is kind <laughs> of attractive. And then, <laughs> surprisingly, and then as sexy lady venom, she kisses Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock, and then while they're kissing, that's Symbi- how the symbiote yeah, switches over. Transfers over ah. in a very weird alien erotic oh, way yeah. and then you understand why all the that weird slash fiction gets written on the internet exactly about the alien symbiote sticking its tongue up Tom Hardy's butthole <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not just pulling that out of nowhere no this, this is real stuff shout out to Ron our homie Ron he, he's letting us know what's going on in the dirty slash fic world of uh, Marvel fanfic um, Ron's the best man wh- is. why does all fanfiction always end with people Bang it. it's got, why else why else write it because why else do it <laughs> like no matter what it is it's, uh, it's how it always ends that's the only reason to do it uh so pretty much everyone is coming back and um and it's looking like because ruben fleischer though uh he may not come back to direct because he'll be still busy on zombie land 2 huh, okay and fox wants to turn this around quick that's fine so we'll see if they get a different director. Well, yeah, I'm sure if they wait too long, then both Tom, you know? Har- Tom Hardy will find something better to do, and people will forget. And people will forget. You need the momentums. Uh, Suicide Squad lost that momentums because of Will Smith's uh, sketch. Yeah, yeah. You hear uh, Yeah, I was gonna say something, but I don't remember. Right, Sorry, yeah. my bad. Uh, well, speaking of Will Smith, he posted a photo on his Instagram of a stack of scripts. And all the scripts say "Bad, Bad boys, boys for Life" with the three at the end of "Life" instead of an E. They're still completely wasting "Bad huh. Boys for Life." Bad it Boys for Life. life. Yes. I mean, they're never going to make a fourth one. I get it, but, but the sidling still makes no sense. You know. Bad Boys for Life three. <laughs> what the yes. fuck? So stupid. Anyway, I'll it's I'll be bad. there opening day. Of course, it's a <laughs> Hopefully, I won't be working. The first Bad Boys is whatever. It's a Michael Bay movie. It's also Will Smith's first like major movie because he did it before Independence Day, I think. Dude, the and second one was bonkers. Was it's, that before Independence Day? I really? think it was. I think it went huh. Bad Boys and Independence Day. He was still doing Fresh Prince of Bel Air this whole time. Yeah. But Bad Boys Two is just like Drew said. Goddamn bonkers! It is Benuni Toonies, man. <laughs> it is such a wild movie. Is that the one that has the rotating camera through the fucking bullet holes and yes, shit? Yes, that was, right? that was yeah, the beginning of the one. And yeah. then and then he. Did that shot again for a Transformers movie, which is hysterical. Um, but yes, the the cinematography of that one—it's it's Michael Bay at his peak, mm-hmm. and it's also—and uh, I did a couple with this. Our friend uh, Ron B. Long Beach Englewood, because we mentioned him throughout the years, he just wanted to came up with this. It's hate cinema. That's <laughs> what it is, and it's hate cinema at its finest because it's such a aggressive. Balls to the wall, crazy ride. So and it's like we're gonna have uh, during our car chase scene, uh, we're gonna throw corpses out onto the road as yes. obstacles. 
the movie's gonna open at a Ku Klux Klan rally. Yes. And the uh, the directed by Michael Bay title card will be on a burning, burning cross. cross. <laughs> and and uh, we're we're gonna have one of our main characters almost OD on, on ecstasy. ecstasy. Yeah. And we're gonna play that for laughs. Yes, and that was the, that was the comedic part. That of was the, the comedic yeah. part of the movie when Martin Lawrence's character almost died from accidentally ingesting ecstasy. And uh, this whole the whole movie was insane. Uh, uh, the, the characters get blown to bits by by bombs. And it's like, oh, dude, at it, the end, at the end, they ended Guantanamo fucking Bay. Movie ends at Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's not like it's pre Guantanamo Bay. We know what Guantanamo Bay is. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they're, like, but they're go still there going there for refuge and fucking giant landmines that pop out of the ground, blow people to smithereens. It is such a wild, wild movie. And when it comes to Michael Bay's brand of like. <sighs> bombastity and crazy editing and stuff like that it's yeah. between that and um the rock for best use of that style of, of filmmaking yeah. you know i think for sure that's michael bay at his best that is bay hemiest and then you know transformers five or whatever is him <laughs> um i accidentally closed my window here no all right let's get into some comic book stuff here okay all right uh kevin Feige is apparently okay we mentioned this last week drew uh adam mckay mm-hmm. who's done the work with will ferrell yes. anchorman movies step brothers talladega knights and then now recently the big short <laughs> and, and vice um he is a big fan of Marvel, and he's been working with them behind the scenes for years. And he helped them do some rewrites on Ant Man when they lost Edgar Wright. And they've been talking offhand, him and Kevin Feige, but sort of like what maybe could Adam McKay do for them as a director? Apparently, it may, who knows? This is a possibility. Rumor mill, who knows? Drew, I'd like to see what you think about this. Adam McKay has expressed interest in helming a Silver Surfer movie. I mean, it could be fun. It could be fun. It's, I mean, it's in, it's intergalactic. Planetary. Norin. It, it, you were closer to your microphone. I mean, the, the dude has, I mean, the Silver Surfer has a really great, like, actual name, too. His name's Norin Rad. Whoa! That is rad. That's awesome. So, I mean, he's an alien, obviously, from another planet. And his name is Norrad. N- Norin Rad. Yes. Who becomes That's the, awesome. Who becomes the Silver Surfer. He be, I mean, he's Galactus' herald. So, Thank you for saying like that, Chicago. So, so basically, I mean, in the, in the beginning, like the entire past of the Silver Surfer that mm-hmm. you never really, I mean, I'm not, I never really got into the Silver Surfer lore for the most part, but like in the past, you realize that he has been a herald for Galactus, Galactus. for a very, very long time. Like Galactus always has heralds. He's the newest incarnation of, um, and he also herald, didn't he also warn of Thanos? Well, no, exactly. But here's the thing. So he comes like he's one of those he's mystical guy guys. Shows up, but, he's but, like, shit's coming. But like, like, but he always works for these people. So like, you know, that he's been doing this for centuries, millennia, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you never hear about that. You're just you. You find out when he comes, you know, into the Marvel universe, he changes his ways, becomes a Silver Surfer. Yeah. You know, breaks free from Galactus. Blah 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 blah. Yes. And then has the freedom to fucking surf around the galaxy and yes. fucking saving people and doing whatever the fuck he does surf the goddamn galaxy <laughs> I've never read a single Silver Surfer comic I didn't even know no. I only, I've never even read a single like a solo Silver Surfer but I've always known no. him in like conjunction with 
the Fantastic Four. Characters, Fantastic yeah. Four specifically. Well, and anything and, that has to do with Galactus and all that. Well, no, stuff. Exactly. anything that has to do with Marvel in space, the cosmic stuff. Yeah, which Marvel, the movie wise, they've been in space now for a few movies now. Well, and here's the thing but they too: they haven't had Silver Surfer because that was a Fox exactly. Property. And, and I mean, in the comic books now, they've gone super crazy with the fucking cosmic shit. Well, they have. I, I mean, mean, it's an es- escalation. I, I mean, the original Punisher, Frank Castle, is now the cosmic Ghost Rider. So he's now the yeah. in, he's now the universal spirit of vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fantastic. Like, it's like, oh, Frank, at least you got a good afterlife job. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. Not that that's good, but I mean, yeah, you just get to a point where it just gets crazier and crazier. Well, no, crazier. exactly, yeah. Um, so. But thank you for mentioning Galactus, Drew. Do you remember the Galactus cameo in Vice? Yes. Right? Yeah. Real, real quick. They, uh, they, they talk about Galactus. They mentioned Dick Cheney, and, and it was like the Eater of Worlds, Worlds and they yeah, show the picture Galactus. of Galactus. Yeah. How do you think they got that uh, copyright? Oh, there we go. Because he's already been working for Marvel, so they got to throw that in. Probably, because on, they, because probably they, on the cheap. Yes, I mean, exactly. I guarantee you they paid for it, but probably on the cheap. Exactly. Uh, Kevin Feige, not even just getting on the cheap. I mean, just even to clear, like, hey, we're yeah, going to make like, a movie hey, demonizing Dick Cheney. But we, can, we use can, we, your... can we use one of your supervillains? <laughs> and, and, and Kevin Feige, he said, you know what? Because someone asked him, like, yeah. yo. Uh, Adam McKay said he wants he's be open to doing a Silver Surfer movie. Would you be working? Would you be willing to do that? And he just did this sort of non-committal thing where he's like, "Oh, yeah. we've been working with Adam McKay for years. He helped us out with Ant Man. Uh, how do you think he got that Galactus cameo and Vice? So we've been working together for a while." Uh, so that's how that news got out there. So yeah, who knows? Cool. Maybe we'll get a Silver Surfer movie. Adam McKay. They've been uh, they be fun. Over it could be fun. I think it could be great. Um, let's see here. Going back to comic book movie stuff. Um, we got Captain Marvel coming yes. out here uh-huh. uh, in March. Mm-hmm. They're r- really ramping up. Every other day on my phone, I get another YouTube push notification. Another here's another Captain Marvel like vignette. This one's titled like she's furious. This one's titled like uh, she's super, fast, like Super Marvel or something. Yeah, yeah, all the sort of dumb titles trying to get me. I'm like, no, I just want to watch the movie. Don't stop spoiling the shit. Let me watch the movie. Now. <laughs> Um, I we must have mentioned this briefly. I don't know, Drew, but this somehow I feel like has really escaped our overall radar. But we know in the movie it already Brie Larson's the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samuel Jackson is playing ninety. Samuel Jackson. He's playing the guy who who started the Negotiator. Yep. Uh, we got um Jude Law is in it. I think uh, I love Jude Law. Jude Law's fantastic, and he's gonna he's playing one of the uh, the Marvel uh, Captain Marvel uh, alien creature. Yep. And then we have uh, this actor, Drew. Do you recognize that actor? Look at that face. He, lo- he does look familiar. Because he's in, a, in like under two pounds of makeup. Cause yeah, he, cause well, because he's, he's a scrawl. And I can tell by the chin. Look at the headline. The headline says it's... I thought so. It's the ben- Bendelson. It's the Bendelson. Ben Mendelson. Do you know... If I say Ben Mendelson, do you know who that is? No. Let me see. It. Uh, he was recently like the aristocratic bad guy in the Star Wars movies. I didn't watch the Star Wars movies. Yes, in Rogue One. Yeah. He was an aristocrat. Uh, he's also a bad guy in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. He's one of the guys working with he's just, um, he's Bane. Like a, yeah, yeah, he, exactly. He plays yeah. a lackey. Uh, he's an Australian actor. Steve's he's been kicking around for a long time, but has really made a name for himself as a character actor recently in the yeah, last he's five been, to six he's, years. He's really good. This guy. Oh, yeah, okay. Ben right? Mendelsohn. You see uh-huh. that face? Uh, he was on that show Bloodline on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, we call him the Bendelson. The hashtag Bendelson. the Bendelson. Yeah. And uh, love him. I think he's fantastic. Uh, I don't want to know anything about his personal politics or where he lives his life. I just want to know him as a great <laughs> character actor. Yeah, just exactly. Leave it at that. <laughs> hashtag no more heroes. 
uh, so he, many people I wish I didn't know. I know, yeah, right? That I, don't wanna, I just want to watch Lethal Weapon and be happy. Yeah, yeah, the worst right, is exactly. the worst is when you find out they're a. Uh, oh shit! What's that religion? Uh, Scientologist. Uh, thank you. When you find out they're a Scientologist, yeah. like man, Beck really like. I thought I was gonna cry when I found out. Oh, Beck was no, a Scientologist. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beck's the old hardcore. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. for years now, for years and years. Uh, but you know what? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I can I can separate I, that from Tom Cruise, the action movie star. Yeah, exactly. I can watch so Mission can I. Impossible. No. I can listen to Deborah. I can do all these things and not have to worry about um, Zenu. Uh, yeah, exactly. I just I I just every time I see Tom Cruise on screen, I'm just like, oh, he's a crazy asshole. That that oh that crazy asshole. Yeah, I love that crazy <laughs> asshole. Um, you cut that sentence out of context. That's a weird. That's a weird. Thing I love to say. that crazy asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta get the right inflection on it too. Yeah, uh, ben Mendelsohn has a quick quote here, though, when he talks about how his character is. I'm Talos. I'm the battle commander of the scrolls. So watching this movie, because also I bet she's not using his Australian accent. No, definitely. Not. So when you see a guy call himself Talos. And he's the commander. You got to be like, oh, Mendelssohn. That's ben, that's Ben Mendelssohn. And he says, I take it most of you know who Scrolls are. We kind of rule the shit. Most of the rest of the Marvel comic universe are punks, basically. Uh-huh. And I guess the quote, Soup Dog, we are the shiznit. We stand above. I mean, look, we can be anyone, and we're stronger than the rest of them. Basically, that's it. Yeah, we're maligned. We're misunderstood. But you know, we're Scrolls. We're scrolling. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. That was at a Q and A. Yes, they're they're in. An- Eternal intergalactic battle with the Kree. With the Kree, which is uh, the Captain Marvel. I remember. Uh, right? Wait, what? That has to do with Captain Marvel? Yeah. True, right? Captain Marvel. The the original alien Captain Marvel is a Kree before he transfers his consciousness into Carol Danvers' body, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that the way it works? Something, Something like that. that. Mm-hmm. I, know, I don't know anything about Captain Marvel at all. Well, that's this iteration of Captain Marvel. Yeah, I know that Captain Marvel was a DC character. Really? Yeah. Well, there's a that I, they had to Shazam. change the name, and he, Captain Marvel was a character who would say Shazam. No, and then, it, and then so it become a character called Captain Marvel. Yeah, exactly. And then, did Marvel come up with a Captain Marvel character, or did they just straight up sue them and say you can't call your character Captain Marvel? Well, I think I think that's I think they sued him. They were like, listen, our company is Marvel Comics. You're a competing company. You're impeding on our because. Yeah. People are going to think true. that we're writing yeah. this. Oh, and, yeah. And DC for sure did that on yeah. purpose. Because, that is a very winnable case. Because yeah. Marvel was winning, yeah. So, no. that, so then they changed that character's name to Shazam. Shazam. Oh, God. Who was getting his own movie, movie right now, yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel and Shazam in the same year. Um, the Rock cast as Black Adam in the Shazam movie yeah. like almost immediately. But I don't think he's in the movie, though. They haven't shown hide or hair of him. It's, I don't think he's actually in it. I I'm, think I'm okay with that. Which is, uh, you know what they want to do? Um, I read this a while ago. I don't know if they're still going through with it, but DC wants to make a standalone Black Adam movie, like an anti-hero Black Adam movie starring The Rock. And then finally smash up Shazam and Black Adam and make a movie together. Shazam v. Black mm-hmm. Adam, colon, Requiem. Yeah. Uh, Shazam, totally. Shazam, colon, uh, Avengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so, so stupid. It is. Why are, they, why are they making these movies? Mm-hmm. And then we go see them. Speaking of comic book <laughs> movies, speaking of comic book movies, Dave Bautista. Yeah, I saw that. He's in the Guardians of the Galaxies, right? Um, he's very much a supporter of James Gunn. He's like, fuck Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'd rather be in Suicide Squad 2 and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, due to Guardians of the Galaxy 3 uh-huh. being delayed right, with that whole we don't have a director now yeah. deal, um, there was a hole in the schedule. Yeah. And that hole has just been filled 
fight Ni Villanueva's Dune. Dune. Yeah, I saw that. Ni Villanueva's Dune. Oh, I forgot to change it back to the voice. Ni Villanueva's Dune. It doesn't sound as ominous. It doesn't sound as ominous. <laughs> Um, Dude, there's going to be two movies, the adaptation of Gigantic Sci-Fi Epic, uh, and it's actually the first book of, like, I don't know how many books this dude ended up yeah. writing. I'm not even going to bother reading any of them. No, there's no point. I'd, I'd rather reread Dune than read anything else. But um, the cast is starting to come together, so yeah. I have an article here that's just wrapping up the cast, right? So we have not, Dave Bautista has signed on, and his character hasn't been named yet. Uh, in the Facebook group, we threw around a couple names uh, to figure out who the character would be. I think we kind of, sort of maybe I figured it out. We may have figured it out. Um, obviously, that's like deep nerd shit, which yeah. I won't even bother getting into right now. Timothy Chalamet <clears throat> from Call Me By Your Name, as well as what's that one? That Steve Crow movie. Where's the heroin kid? Yeah. Uh, heroin Boy is the name of that mm-hmm. movie. He, that. Uh, he's the lead character, Paul. Okay. Uh, Joe Dorowski's yeah. Dune, the one that Joe Dorowski's son was going to play. Yes. That's going to be Timothy Chalamet. Um, his mother is going to be played by Rebecca Ferguson. Speaking of Mission Impossible, she is the um, Swedish lady yep. who's been in the last couple of movies. Yep, she's his new love interest. Sort of like love interest, but they haven't hooked up yeah. though. It's like a sort of will they, won't they? Exactly. When are they going to hook up? The, the way that they look at each other, yeah, they look at each other like, man, we we need to fuck, <laughs> but they're like, but we totally can't because we're like the the stake of the world and you know opposite sides and. Uh, they got to hook up in the next movie, right? Probably. They got to do one more together where they hook up because mm-hmm. they've been teasing. It's the, one of the few things they've teased out over multiple movies. Yeah. Um, so they need to make that, that particular one Reddit X. I'm fine with that. I, mm-hmm. I paid money to see Tom Cruise fuck. He probably fucks like a stallion. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do, 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 he's do, stamina for days. Yeah, he's probably a monster do, in bed. Do you think he fucks in high heels? So we can get the proper leverage. It depends on no. He he apps on he fucks on apple boxes. Or do they? Or, or, or does he dig a hole for them? Or he makes them stand in holes. Because that's how you do it on set. That's all he knows. He's a movie genius. Everything else in his life, he's a dummy. But he's a movie genius. And uh, I bet you he fucks like a goddamn stallion. Yeah, I bet he does too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how. That's how he got that Katie Holmes. Because now she's with Jamie Foxx, and you know Jamie Foxx can lay it down. <laughs> she's with Jamie Foxx? Yeah, for like four years now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They kept it secret on the low low for a while, but people like snap pictures of them here and there. I'm like, look, here they are together again. They gotta be. They gotta be doing it. And now, like more recently, they've been more like being at like events and red carpets and stuff together. So they've made it more official. Uh, good for good for them. You know, I like seeing... So second, second, second chance at love, you know. I mean, yeah, Katie Holmes, it's her second marriage, I think. Jamie Foxx is like 50 years old. I was about to say. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, how many marriages has he had? I don't know. Probably He's been lot. married once, I know. At least once, yeah, there you go. So, I yeah, mean, yeah, second chance kind of thing. At know? least once, yeah. Uh, maybe he's great to Surrey. You know, uh, Tom Cruise doesn't get to see Surrey at all because uh, Scientology. He already has two kids deeply embedded within that church. So You can only uh, have two? No, he had because he has two kids with Nicole Kidman, uh, who they never see Nicole Kidman because they're all deep into Scientology, yeah. right? And uh, the kid with Surrey, Katie Holmes, he, he she didn't want her Surrey to be part of the that, Scientology, yeah. So uh, like Tom Holmes, Tom Holmes, Tom Cruise has like no no connection at all to to Surrey. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. That's how that's how intense Scientology is. Yeah. And Tom Cruise has been like cool with it because yeah, like, forever. Oh, this is what I can do. This, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I think, it's par- it. I think it's partly to also stop bad press so he can continue being a super successful movie star, yeah. which is, what he is number one business. Yeah. That's what Tom Cruise, Inc. is in the business of 
being the world's biggest movie star. Um, okay, so here's that Villanueva Dune cast Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Dave Bautista, part Filipino, I think. And then um, they just cast Stellan Skarsgård yes. as, uh, Baron Harkonnen. as Baron Harkonnen, no, who he's the, uh, the guy who runs the Harkonnen family uh, race of people or whatever, alien people. He's a big, fat, gross dude who is in like a anti-gravity uh, suspension thing because he's so fat he can't move yeah. around. He's like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, he's gross. Okay. Yeah, he's OG Jabba. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's your first four people so far cast in, in these two gigantic movies. These movies are going to be huge. Um, Eddie Murphy, Coming to America 2. Saw that. It's happening. Uh, so he has a movie that's coming out to Netflix, uh, which is very specifically, let me click on this here. It's actually kind of... Dolomite is my name. And it's a movie in which I've I think... seen Dolomite. It's a 70s black exploitation film. Dolomite is a 70s black exploitation. Rudy Ray Moore played a character called Dolomite, Dolomite where you tell people, he call people rat soup eating motherfuckers. Yeah. And uh, in, in Black Dynamite, the guys who did the bad karate. Yes, that is that is Dolomite. That's straight up Dolomite. Yeah. Um, that was one of the weird, I don't know why of all the black exploitation films, Dolomite spoke to me. But that was the one where I was just like, fucking throw that shit on his face. Because hilarious. it's one of the most, it's, it's <laughs> earnest. It's like, one of these ones where we are going to make the best movie we can. Yeah, but it, and they fall and it's so bad every it's, time. It's so bad. But uh, Rudy Ray Moore is uh, weirdly but charismatic. Yeah, you know, like he has a dead, he has like dead eyes. Yeah, but he's dude, he's pimping hard and, and he's, strong and he's funny. And there's a reason why he has a whole career. You yeah. know, was that PD Wheatstraw or whatever? Um, uh, he's been around for a minute. You know, so um, Eddie Murphy made a movie, a Dolomite movie. That's so called Dolomite is my name. The director is Craig Brewer. Craig Brewer is the guy who did. If I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the same name. They don't confirm it here in this article. Craig Brewer is the guy who did Hustle and Flow. Okay, gotcha. And, and uh, they worked on this movie together, and now he got signed on to Coming to America too. Yeah. So Coming to America too. Dose. Dose is moving forward. Do you know what it's supposed to be? I don't know if it's the original idea. It may be the original idea that I remember from a while ago that Eddie Murphy had was the inverse of Coming to America, which is uh, an American is going to, for some reason, is going to Africa to, Africa. to find uh, love. And, and Generic McDonald's. <clears throat> to find McDonald's. Like, oh, it's a McDonald's. Yeah. You guys have a McDonald's oh around here? Oh my God, they gotta, they have to bring back the McDowell's joke. The McDowell's, that's what it was. McDowell's. Yeah. Is John Amos alive? Can you look up John yeah, Amos that was and let a, me know if he's still alive? That was an amazing joke. I loved that. It's such a good joke that uh, Jerry Ferrara, Turtle from the Entourage uh, show, he has his, you know, his dumb uh, sandwich shop out there on the West Coast. Oh, does he? Yeah, and they do pop-ups. They do McDowell pop-ups. Where for a couple of days they'll be set up somewhere, and all the signs. What's his Mc- name? John Amos, A M O S, uh, and they do uh, McDowell's, they, all the branding yeah. and everything, and the and they serve the instead of the Big awesome. Mac, we got a Big Mick. They do all of it. He's not dead. John Amos is still alive. He does not have a, de- a death date. Oh, thank God, John Amos is still alive. Oh, man, he's got. Yep. Be- when was he born? Uh, 20, 30, 40, 5. close. Forty two. Thirty nine. 39. December 27th, 1939. So that makes him, uh, what's that, what's that man, 80? 80 yeah. Right now he's 79. Wow. In December he'll be 80 years, years old. Good for God. you, John Amos. He's a yeah. uh, uh, 
Legend, man. The man guy, so he's been acting forever. He's been in so much stuff. What was the TV show that he was that in? Wait, uh, which was actor it? was he? I mean, he's been acting since 1970. John Amos, if I show you. Well, he's the guy who uh, who runs McDowell's. Okay, yeah. the, the dad. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah. So then if you think of him. I he, thought so, but I wasn't sure. He's been in so much stuff that he's just like in everything. Yeah, I've seen him, yeah. Uh, John Amos did a movie uh, with, um, there's a Bill, Bill Cosby and a Sidney Poitier movie mm-hmm. called... I know these things to SVK. Uh, they the three of them. Um, I think I think the one I'm thinking of is not Uptown Saturday Night. Um, ah, God damn it! I can't remember the name of it. They did, Bill Cosby did three movies with Sidney Poitier. Uptown Saturday Night. Uptown Saturday Night. Let's do it again. That's the third one. And there's a second one. And the second movie is about boxers and like rigging boxing matches. And they play a fake character. Uh, both Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby. They're like trying to trick these people and they're playing a fake character and the name of that character is Biggie Smalls. <laughs> Whoa. And that's where Biggie Smalls got the name yeah. uh, really? Biggie Smalls yeah. from. Yes, from this movie from the 70s. And uh, they were like dressing like pimp clothes and be like, I'm Biggie Smalls and try to try to pass themselves off as this tough guy character to trick these like real for real gangsters and the for real gangsters like the head of them was played by John Amos in not Uptown Saturday Night and not Let's Do It Again but the movie called (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was gonna come to me I swear to God it's on the tip of my brain if Kevin were here he'd just be shaking his head at me he would he would would just be throwing when was this movie made do you know mid 70s Mid seventies, a piece of the action. Is that what the second one? Was That's called? what it's called. Okay. Uptown Saturday Night's the first one. A piece of the action is the second one. Let's do it again. It's the third one. Does it say a piece of the action? Yeah, a piece of the action. I'll put it up right here. It's a piece it of it cake uh, is a euphemism for a piece of the action. Nineteen seventy-seven crime thriller buddy film. Two con men are persuaded by a retired policeman played by James Earl Jones oh! to volunteer their services to a ghetto youth center. Are you sure he's in that movie? Are you uh, sure you're not thinking James Earl Jones? Maybe I have him out of order. Let's do it again. It's from nineteen seventy-five. I got him backwards. Let's, let's do it again. Clyde Williams, Sidney Poitier. And his best friend Billy, Bill Cosby, are members of a fraternal lodge. They're brothers and sisters of Shaka. They need money for the retirement home. Yeah, it's, let's do it again. Since Clyde has a gift for hypnotism, they decide to fix an upcoming boxing match by hypnotizing the up the underdog fighter played by Jimmy Walker. The guy that don't mind that mm-hmm. guy. Uh, the scam works. The men collect big winnings before a couple of mafia dons realize they've been tricked and decide to track Clyde and Billy down. So that's John Amos. He's the Mafia Don. And that's where they play a guy called Biggie Smalls. So there you go. Interesting. Let's do it again. Yeah, he, he played Kansas City Mac. Yeah. Yes. These movies have great names. Kansas City Mac. Biggie Smalls could have called himself Kansas City yeah, Mac. He said he's from Brooklyn. Yep. So instead they call himself Biggie Smalls. Are those dogs done barking? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, they were really close. Because they're, they're right next, next door. door. They're the damn next door rednecks. Anyway. Uh, John Amos still alive that's great um, Netflix claims that Bird Box has huge ratings huge number of views they said it was viewed like 40 million times since what? it came out 
um, the Nielsen ratings used their own analytics and said that while they don't think the 40 million figure is accurate based on their outside, however they figured that shit out, the Nielsen people do say that uh, at least 24 million people access oh, wow. Bird Box and that it is indeed where does Nielsen get any of their shit from? Though? That's a thing. How does I don't, that, I don't I mean, get back, it. How does anyone get their shit from? Back in the day, the... Nielsen was a reporting thing. Yeah, so you would get a box that, yeah. you, that you would plug into your cable line, uh-huh. and it would record what you watched and when you watched it. At the end of the year, it would transmit that data to them, and then they would have that information. That's so they must have a new version of that, where they're uh-huh. communicating with people, and they're like, well, let us know what you're watching. And a certain amount of people tell them, oh, we watch Bird Box. They extrapolate, extrapolate that number. Do a multiplication. That's a lot like uh, election night when you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, only two percent of people have reported. So we are projecting this to be yeah. the winner. You know that sort of thing. And then they end up being right somehow. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Because it's rigged. Is it rigged? I don't know. It's weird. Could be. It better not be. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and skip this story. Oh, I found this one interesting. We're gonna get into a little bit of TV here. You guys hear about the mass slinger? You see this stuff? The, the, the what? The, the masked singer? No. Yes, I've seen commercials You've for seen it. Commercials for it on the telly. I've yeah. seen articles about it online. It actually kind of looks interesting. It's um another iteration of the network TV singing competition show. No. Yes. No. Okay. I hate those shows. I hate <laughs> yeah. them all. I think they're all stupid so, as fuck. So basically, but Steve, this one though, Steve has an interesting hook. This is the way it works. Okay. They basically have like an entire stage performance. Somebody comes out and sings, but they're in like a mascot costume or however they decide to dress up to completely. You can't see their face. Yeah. All you hear is their voice and they sing a song. And then the celebrity judges try and pick, uh, and think who that person actually is. So it's almost, they say they're judges, but they're, it's more, more of a game guessing show panel. for the yes, judges. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a guessing panel. Yeah, and the, who are these people singing yeah. under these costumes? Mm-hmm. And the costumes are like pretty no, yeah, elaborate Dude, they're, they're, they put some production budget into these fucking costumes. Yeah, they're and the whole yeah they really and everything. did. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're really cool. I was thinking like a green screen. No, like, no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> like straight up, like big old full function costumes. Like, I mean, those costumes probably cost a couple grand a piece. So someone figured out, oh, well, you know, part of the appeal of the show is they, they have like some legit celebrities. All these are legit celebrities under these yeah. masks. Some of them are singers and performers, and Obviously. some of them, like I think, the p- first person who was eliminated uh, got to be uh, Antonio Brown, like, who just oh. happened to have a fucking great voice for singing. Apparently, no, no, it no was, he was, was not awful. very good. He was okay. not very good. So they're like, oh yeah, don't wonder this guy's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah this guy, the guy can he can scramble. He can scramble. <laughs> he can't carry a tune. So uh, someone figured out. Well, what if we just um, Shazam their voices? Is Shazam good enough to figure out who huh. is singing? So if you pull up, if you watch The Masked Singer and you pull up Shazam, Shazam and whoever, I, I guess it's Fox maybe, whoever did it, they got you. They're ahead of the game. They thought of it already. Nice. Yeah. If you if the pineapple dude is singing some song and he Shazam it, it'll just come up saying... It's so-and-so. Pineapp- no, it'll say Pineapple Man... And whatever the song he's singing, the mask singer with a picture of pineapple guy. Like it's not going to tell you who's under the mask. Oh. It'll just say whatever the character yeah. is. So uh, it's posited that there's a monster character, and people think that's CeeLo Green. But on Shazam, it'll just say like Monster Man yeah. or whatever. So, Monster Man. Yeah. Even though he's like, <laughs> like that's, that's CeeLo Green, thing. man. Yeah. We know that CeeLo. 
So anyway, I thought that was interesting. They they got Shazam to uh, to work with them on mm-hmm. that one. No, it's cool when corporations work together. Paid partnerships, Chris. They They've call been doing them. that they on commercials. Them, they call them paid partnerships. Yeah, they've been doing that like on commercials lately too with Shazam, where they're like. If you Shazam it, it'll like bring you to a website or some shit. Yes, I've seen that for a couple of years uh, in movie theaters, where if you show four to twenty, which we haven't done no. now, thanks to the reserve seating. Oh, thank you, so reserve nice. seating. Oh my god, I haven't seen the twenty, the 20 so was long. so awful. But if you show four to twenty, it's all these commercials, and then they're like Shazam this commercial for even more commercials on your yeah. phone. Like why? Why? <laughs> What's the point? Oh, the second more Cosmos. commercials. The second Cosmos. That's why you guys should have. You guys should have took me over my Cosmo offer. Um, <laughs> Star Trek, they got a Picard TV show. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, and Professor Trek is going back. Yeah. As a, uh, as a, you know, he's not a Patrick Stewart fan. Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a Patrick Stewart fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's coming back. I just hate Star Trek more than anything. Oh, mm-hmm. fair enough. I'm not a Star Trek but fan th- myself, but less, I'm a Patrick Stewart. Fan. This is less. Of, same here. Yeah. I yeah. I heard that this was going to be less of a Star Trek show and more of like a Jean Luc Picard it, show. Yeah. So it's a Jean Luc Picard show. Apparently, this movie is going to play. I don't even remember this, but I'm not a big Star Trek fan. Yeah. So I can't remember. I things only like this, I right? know tiny bits and pieces. But that uh, in the Star Trek movie from 2009, the uh, the Romulans apparently the whole Romulan Empire was blown up okay and that's a huge deal yeah. for Jean-Luc Picard because this whole thing is about trying to find peace with the Romulans or whatever Romulans are now gone what does Jean-Luc Picard do that's the basis of the TV show oh interesting so the first J.J. Abrams movie is directly impacting the TV show hmm. yeah there we go I do like the movie ones with J.J. Abrams though you I like them like yeah I thought the first I heard, one was okay I heard they're not making any more of those Correct. They are. They, they have, just shelved the. They, they have completely stalled yeah. out on the fourth one, partly because of contract negotiations, partly because they just couldn't figure out what to do. They hired a director, S.J. Clarkson. She was going to become the first female director of a Star Trek movie. She just signed on to direct the pilot episode of the Game of Thrones prequel series. Ah. So uh, she's going to be very busy yes. for the next year or two doing that. Because so. people want more. So that's part of the reason why people do want more. So that's part of the reason why it's like now largely suspected Star Trek Four is not happening. Yeah. Um, but the TV show stuff is still happening. TV uh, Star Trek Discovery is still going strong, yeah. and now we got this Picard show I coming heard, out. I heard there's, I guess, I, I didn't even know that there was a new Star Trek Discovery. Now they're here. They're just greenlit season two or whatever. Yeah, Discovery is that on that CBS Access uh, okay. show, uh, which no one has. I guess enough people have it that yeah, enough, enough people are watching it that it exists. All right, let's end this thing here. We're, we're over an hour and a half. Uh, in the original, say your name to buzz in, in the original 1937 Disney version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which dwarf never speaks? Oh, uh, 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 Adobe. That is, you're supposed to buzz in. Buzz. <laughs> you got to say your name or buzz in. Etchy. <laughs> you could have buzzed in this whole time. I know, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, fun, it's fun watching this. The, and, the answer, and the answer is? Dopey. That is correct. There we go. Good job. And which boxing film? I think it was the biggest perv, too. <laughs> Probably. He's dopey. In which boxing film does the main character practice his technique by punching hanging cuts of frozen Edgy. etchy? Rocky. Rocky's correct. Good job. Indiana Jones had a phobia of which Drew? Drew? Snakes. Ah. I thought it was going to be snakes. In Saving Private Ryan, how many of Ryan's brothers? 
had been killed. Drew. Drew. Three? That is correct. Oh, man. I was going to say two. So I'm glad I, uh, I thought, no, because I, I remember that they said it was one brother went to every branch of the military. And the reason why I remember that is because my grandfather, uh, him and his three brothers did the same thing ah, in World War Two. So. Yeah. Right. The, re- the reason I don't remember that is because I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, they all survived. <laughs> Yeah, definitely one I should see. Are you yeah. doing Crespo Hondo 2019? I, I, I'm going to attempt you're, to do You're at least going to embark you're, on you're, it? Yeah. That's Dude, a you, decent one to do. What, Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. Dude, uh, Vin Diesel's in that movie. Vin Diesel's in it. What? The yeah, guy. exactly. Dude. No, knowing Vin Diesel now, when people realize that, that's exactly the, what... Yeah. The reaction I'm looking for. The cast is crazy. Yeah, it's weird, dude. But yeah, Vin Diesel's in the movie. He, he's not bad. He's not like an awful actor. Huh. Because fucking Steven Spielberg is amazing. <laughs> and he, it's a small, it's a small role. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not, he's not in it for too long. <laughs> it's a small role to be fair. I have to watch it now. But yeah, but he's in it. I mean, he's in the post. He's on the poster. It says Vin Diesel right there on the poster. This, wow. This is way too easy here. Okay. Jason Voorhees is the anti-hero of Drew. Which Drew. Jason. No, no, that's no, no. Jason oh. is. Incorrect. No, that's what I just said. You said you I just know, said. You uh, I just said. Answer. Yeah, that was a weird. Yeah, that was weird. No, Jason. none of them are called Jason. Jason Voorhees. Can, the anti-hero can I re-ring? Of which, no, you can't. <laughs> it's the anti-hero of which horror fuck. film franchise? Uh, that would be. Uh, oh fuck! Oh, I, come on! I know, I know. That's just the hor- horrific part. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, there we go. It, it just it Thank flew you. out of my head, I and was I was like, say, oh, if I don't get this, yeah, I just brought it up, Jason, Holy for whatever crap. dumb okay. reason. Right, you know, that's just a little too anticlimactic. So just plot a couple here, just in case. <laughs> in 2016, which film studio? Okay, in 2016, which film studio took just 128 days to reach one billion dollars in domestic? Box office. Drew. Drew. Oh, God. The films, dude. Would it be... Man. Is it Disney? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure like that was the name of the film division. <laughs> the Blockbuster Suicide I, Squad. I, for, I pulled this randomly. Because for a while, it was like Buena Vista for some of their oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, so. Disney. Yeah, it's for sure just Disney. The okay. Blockbuster Suicide Squad is set in the aftermath of which superhero's death. Oh, Drew. Superman. That's correct. Cogburn. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah. No. Suicide Squad is after uh, BVS DOJ. BVS hashtag Dawn of Just Ice. Uh, Superman dies at the end. Drewster Cogburn taking four out of the seven. But Steve, what the three other three you guys are smart. You're those smarties. You know what you're doing. This doesn't Sometimes. mean, a, this doesn't mean a goddamn thing. I'm just pulling random cards out of this movie trivia box. Sometimes. <laughs> We're going to run out of these questions one day. Not always. One day. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys are great. Anytime. I, I know, Steve, we got to go. So we're done here. Everyone, thank you very much. We will be back next week with a bonus episode and a new episode yeah. of Tom, our anniversary. And uh, oh, before you leave, Steve, yes. we got to talk about your episode of the Orlando Burger Odyssey. Mm. Oh, dear. <laughs> You're going to have to eat a burger. You're going to have to eat a cheeseburger. All right, but from where? Just a Exactly. Ah, that's what we're going to figure out. Oh, okay. And people can then hear that episode on our Patreon. All right. This is really fun. Dropping the music in there. So this is really cool. It's very 80s. And burn then as I say goodbye. And then as I say goodbye. This is when the tray kicks in and he starts to quit his Radio Joe. 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 Rad
Production.